Welcome back to the Act Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Schrodinger's dead cat, Jay. Joined as always is my co-host, Schrodinger's living cat, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Oh, pretty good, Jack. That's oh, good to hear, good to hear. Who's this Schrodinger fellow? You might know him better as Jablonski. That's a joke for no one. <laughs> that's <laughs> all right. All right. That might be Jack. actually the title of this episode. Next Jablonski's week. cat. <laughs> all right, Jack. Next week. Already snuck upon us, or snuck upon me. I don't know. Maybe you feel different. No, I was gonna say like Spider Man's next week. Spider Man, like I don't know where. Here it is. We're, we're, we're doing it. Put our arms out. We're, we're going to see a Spider Man. Pretty exciting. We'll see it. And so, oh, there's no doubt in my mind, Jack, that this this showing of Spider Man, this opening weekend showing of a of a very very anticipated Marvel movie. There's gonna be theatrics in that theater. I can already oh, tell. Oh God, I dread it. There's People gonna be, are gonna, gonna clap. be clapping. They're gonna, gonna, gonna be cheer. I'm gonna wanna kill myself. We've hedged our bets, Jack. We've done the very best we could. I've gotten us eleven thirty on a Saturday tickets, which is like weekend, but it's also early. It's a nice matinee, which so you, and you I can prefer. find us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nar- that narrows it down to the well, time zone. If you've if you've been astute in the previous episode, you probably can get a vibe of where we are. And based on statistically who listens to our show you already maybe know it's oh, that's really true. <laughs> actually. You'll yeah, be able to find so it. It doesn't really matter. But so hopefully we'll, we'll cut from some of the nonsense. But there's a movie this big, I think even I think it's even still going to be kind of packed. Oh, a hundred percent. As you know, matinee is the way to go. I mean, there's just oh, it's a, cheaper, better, it's a better time of day. Oh yeah, less less ruffians and hooligans about. The one thing I will say about matinees, sometimes it's a little jarring because like usually when you go to a movie, you go to it at night. So when you come out, it's dark like it was in the theater. So like you know your eyes, you know, it's not like a, a sharp contrast mm-hmm. but then if you leave if you go to like a movie at like 1 p.m you get out like three it's still the dead of day and you're like oh your eyes gotta adjust <laughs> the dead of day is that what, what you call you, it what do you want from me man I don't know, is it the live of day uh, the height of day Probably height of day no the height of day is better the life of day sounds horrible <laughs> i mean truthfully i i didn't mean to say the dead of day <laughs> i just kind of was on a roll and i just kept talking but that's so, the rule of podcasts never stop talking well otherwise there wouldn't be much to it eh? If we, no, if we both just stopped talking and had a staring contest or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, if there was if there's about a minute of <laughs> no audio, definitely had a staring contest. And let's get actually what the segment's about instead of rambling around it. I tried. I was trying. Well, I wouldn't let you. You had your point about matinees, and now you're going to take the thunder from me. 100% I, I, I see. Go ahead. I'm actually antagonistic. All right, Techno, do the thing. You can do the thing. I'll allow you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Well, let's talk about the things we were hoping slash expecting to see in this Spider-Man movie. We've covered this movie pretty extensively, almost at, at nauseum, just because of the timeline of our show here, right? Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of lead up to this movie, so we've touched on it a, a good many number of times, but we got a little round up here of all our, our specific points that we wanted to hit about what, what we think is going to happen in this uh, this here this here movie that's Spider-Man not, not going to get back home. Spider-Man can't get back home. No, can't can't get back home until I'm done with the, the, done with the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Spider-Verse. Cross it. They're going to cross the Spider-Verse home. Gotta, no way. Uh, Got to send Tony O'Guire home. All right. So at this point, it's almost like not even, not even fun. You can do like the, ooh, I think the other Spider-Men are going to be in it. But that's almost Ooh. just a matter of course, right? You can just listen back to episode uh, five of this show and hear me say that. It's like, been a rumor forever since the beginning of time. And it's been like damn near all but confirmed. Based on leaks for about a couple months now, I've just you got little little soy boy Andrew Garfield over there who's like, I can't say, I don't think I'm in the movie. How could I? Not? And then you have soy, no, not soy. Soy nope. is bad. You have based like Alpha Chad, Tobey Maguire, where like you you approach him in a park and you're like, Tobey Maguire, you, were you in Spider Man? He's like, Yep, <laughs> absolute Chad. So yeah, they're in it. 
Probably. 100% they're in it. Willem Dafoe's in it. I was right about all the villains being in it. The lizard's in it. Goomba Electro. Goomba Lizard. Why couldn't... Why didn't they change the lizard? They made Electro less ridiculous. Were they like, well, we can't change them both. If we change them both, people get confused. We gotta make sure people still know that he's the lizard from the iconic 2010 film. We can't make him look more like a lizard. God forbid we make him look more like the thing he is. How will they know what the scaly guy is? terrible. I I can't believe they changed Electro. My my point is, Jack, if you allow. I think that original Electro looked better than original Lizard. Like, if I had to pick one for them to change the design of for this movie, I would have picked the Lizard, and they didn't. But Yeah, but given the choice between the two, I'd have to agree, because at least Electro still keeps to, like, his theme of being electricity. Yeah, if anything, I'm not gonna lie, I'll reserve uh, judgment till we see it in, in motion, but, like... This this new one actually this new one actually might just be worse than the original Electro. Like, why is he just wearing clothes? I think it's too minimal. I think they went yeah they, they corrected it because in the yeah. cause in, in Spider Man he's like made of electricity and he's like uh-huh. a weird gross monster smooth he's man. He's a dubstep monster. Yeah, exactly. He's doing all the weird music. Yeah, I don't and like I don't think that version of him was terrible because like that's that's not even the thing they made up. Like obviously the classic six one six version of Electro is just a man in a suit. With a dumb, but, um, like, starfish Yeah, face. Ultimate Universe Electro is, like, made of electricity like that, I believe, so. All right. What else we got in the docket? So, specifically, assuming, just my of course, that Andrew Garfield's in it. I think, and we touched on this last, uh, whenever we talked about the, the, the final trailer for it, but I think Andrew Garfield is going to save MJ in that scene where she's falling. Because I think it'd be good in poetry. Like, it rhymes. It rhymes. Because <laughs> um, it's like, I think Spider-Man that... Spider-Man's you know, like poetry. It, r- <laughs> it rhymes. Like, thematically, right? That would be a good, like, redemption for him. Because his greatest failing is that he, he didn't save um, Gwen Stacy when she f- was falling. So it'd be cool if he, like, saved her instead. And was like, well, I couldn't save my girlfriend, but at least I saved yours, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're happy and I'm not. Uh, uh, an interesting uh, thing about it... I saw interesting. I saw some, like, edit on Instagram... Where it's, they just has Peter talking to, like, the other two Spider-Men are, like, imposing wisdom upon him. And the thing that Andrew Garfield imposes on him is, like, oh, you can't save everybody. Like, some people you can't save, obviously, because what happened to Gwen Stacy. I think if that's, like, in the movie, in some capacity, that'd be interesting to, like, tie in, like, obviously, what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like, him to tell Peter that and to, like, be able to redeem himself. So, like, in the <laughs> end, he can still do something. Yeah. You know, I think yeah, that'd be, be cool. interesting. Yeah, now, I will wonder the state of the Spider-Man when they show up. Because all the villains, obviously, big point mm-hmm. of the movie, is that they're all supposed to be dead, but they're not. Right. And they're supposed to all be sent back. And from what... Now, I will say, on IGN, there was, they posted like a minute-long clip of Doc Ock fighting Tom Holland Peter Parker. Oh, yeah? And in it, he says like, oh, hey, Peter, what'd you do to my machine? So clearly he's been he's been pulled out right at the end of Spider Man Two when he when he's doing his big machine at the end or something. But like at the that. end of Spider Man Two, he like he's redeemed. Is there another part in his machine then? What's that? I, I, maybe it could be any point in Spider Man Two, but it's for. I mean, it could be in the beginning, like towards the beginning when the malfunction happens and. But did he not like, know he was Spider Man at that point? Oh, that's a good point. Because he would have to know because mm-hmm. he because he has to know that Spider Man is Peter Parker. Yeah, I, regardless, like it is, it does. It does present an interesting kind of scenario. It's like, these guys are older, they're supposed to be dead, like, how does that work? Because it, it honestly, when you really get down to it, right, the implication that all these guys are alive, it, it almost isn't, it almost suggests that it's, like, not the same universe directly, right? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, in the a- in the, the actual movie, you know, Tobey Maguire timeline, those guys are dead. And he kills so, them one after the other. He gets rid of them. Yeah. So, like, for Tobey Maguire to show up and be like, I'm, it's me, 50-year-old Spider-Man. It's been 20 years. That's my movie. Go fight seven-year-old Dr. Octopus and also seven-year-old Green Goblin. <laughs> like, 
like yeah willem dafoe green goblin's been dead for 20 years in my timeline this is weird and the same with andrew garfield is like they're gonna roll up and be like well this doesn't no yeah i don't know it's it's i i think they'll come in at that same point like it'll probably be like i see that's not see i don't know then it's just it's got some interesting implications like because because the i i mean i don't know i'm very see i'm conflicted now because i was gonna say they can just say like oh he pulled doc ogrock before he died and he pulls peter parker mm-hmm. out at the exact same time so but, they've, been, they've been but but then green goblin can't also be there because he's dead before doc ogrock is dead well, yeah you'd have to be pulling them from different instances in time yeah almost or something to that effect i guess you could pull them out of different i mean i guess that's like yeah. the conflict is that dr Strange is like these guys should be dead and they're not something weird something's wrong so presumably yeah presumably the other spider-man will roll up and also be like those guys are dead like i killed them <laughs> i beat those men to death with my hand <laughs> I, I, did, sure. I did a backflow wound to kill himself with a glider. I it made was, certain of it. Presumably, they will also be like, this is strange. Something, something's yeah, quite Doctor here. Strange, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could say. Here's here's something I wanted to run by you, Jack, mm. so we can get it on uh, recording. Yeah. What do you what do you think costumes? You think it's just going to be the like the costumes from their respective movies? I, I think it will be. I think it'll just be the classic. They're not going to change it in any way for this? I kind of see, I could see both sides. Like, it'd be interesting to have some variation on it, right? Mm. At the same time, you kind of want to almost, like, the way you keep the most distinct, I suppose, is if you really just go there straight up, they're most, you know, iconic versions, right? Say, your Spider-Man 2 suit for Tobey Maguire. You're, I mean, truly, the thing about it for Andrew Garfield's, right, is that his most distinct one is certainly the Amazing Spider-Man 1, which is weird and bad. I don't know if you're familiar. Well, you've not seen those movies, so I don't know if you've seen it. I'm, but I'm, I think I'm a vaguely familiar. I played the Amazing Spider-Man game, video game on Xbox. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. It was a very good game. Still swinging around in that game. In that one, he doesn't have like the the red sort of belt pattern on mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. And he doesn't have. He's got like yellow eyes lens things, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. So like his would be it. He'd be very distinct from the other ones in that way, right? Oh, let me just pull it up so I can see. It. Sure. So I'm just. It's just around the same picture. And now, like, Peter Parker, from what we've... Or, not Peter Parker. Tom Holland, from what we've seen in this movie, right? He gets, like, two other new suits. He's going into this movie with... It seems like with the um, the yeah, suit he, that he got. He's yeah. kind of got, like, the Spider... Uh, Superman from Zack Snyder's Man of Steel vibes going on without, like... It's all... There's no, like, underwear kind of thing. Like, there's yeah. not another color on his legs. Yeah, I don't like it. It's weird. It's it is weird, weird, but you get what I mean? Yeah, Like, yeah. if you put him next to the other ones... He would stand out, yeah, very which might be what you want to go for in a movie where you're going to have three Spider-Men. Yeah, no, I. Whereas I, if you I want to bring agree. up his Amazing Spider-Man Two one is more, it just brings it closer to just being a normal kind of Spider-Man d- design. Yeah. I know we also mentioned um, when we were talking about the second trailer how there's that scene where they ask Doc Ock his name and he says like Otto Octavius and his claws aren't active, but then they're uh, we're like oh maybe he's talking to the villains or something like. Electro or and Lizard who don't know who he is or Sandman who might not know who he is or even mm-hmm. Green Goblin because obviously they've never actually met but then there's like I, there's a bunch of like, I kept I keep this Instagram really screwing me it just gives me a bunch of Marvel accounts who cover Spider-Man just post all the leaks straight up not even leaks just uh, TV spots and one of the TV spots shows a different angle of the scene where he's in the same room but it's behind Doc Ock's head and Doctor Strange and Tom Hollander in the room talking to him mm-hmm. so I think that scene might just be with them. Like, it might not be what people thought it was. Yeah. Oh, well, a lot of people have been saying that, right? The vibe of that, the way it's cut in the trailer doesn't seem, doesn't seem totally right. Yeah, no. Might be leading us in some way. I mean, like, I guess what I'm getting at is that all of the villains that we've seen thus far have altered designs in some way. And Mm -hmm. so I think that there's a good chance that the, the the Spider-Man will also have altered costumes. And I think maybe that, maybe that, that will suggest the thing I was I was getting at before, which is like maybe they're not exactly the same 
sort of universes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're, I mean, if we're talking infinite, right? Maybe it's like a slight variation on the Tom Holland or the the rather the Tobey Maguire or the Andrew Garfield universe. Maybe I don't know. We'll right. see. Uh, another prediction I have is I think that uh, Doc Ock probably not be evil for the whole movie. He might redeem himself. He seems to because like it's kind of his jam. Yeah, like I said, at the end of Spider-Man 2, he is redeemed. Yeah. And so, he, and he is, yeah. depending and, on the mechanism around him coming back, he might be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really want to be evil at the end there. And even in the in that movie, it, you know, Doc Ock normally is whatever, but our, Spider-Man 2, you know, Sam Raimi version of Doc Ock is only, is mostly evil because of the, the chip thing, right? Yeah, the, the, his the, arms. The, the arms are, <laughs> you know, mind controlling him essentially. So yeah, if, and, and like we talked about, um, in that trailer, there's like the thing where it looks like his arms have been like worked on or modified in some mm-hmm. way. So like people have been theorizing that he, you know, could have fixed it and, and made that right and overcome the whole the arms are alive thing, which is like kind of a weird plot point to begin with. I think. <laughs> yeah, quite quite weird. I think it works in the Sam Raimi movies because he's yeah, just, he's fine. the only villain in it. Like I might like you know tie into all that the themes of that film and such. Yeah, but I definitely think it's kind of a strange plot point. I wonder how much interaction he'll have with Lizard and Sandman because it, it's clear from the trailers that Electro independently pulls up on him. Like Green Goblin talks to Tom Holland clearly. Mm-hmm. Doc Ock is the first one he will meet, assumedly, because of the of the train scene. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder how if they'll all meet him individually, or if they'll focus on those three in particular. Because there was like um a like Spider Man Celebration Day or whatever recently, and they had like a panel with Willem Dafoe, Jamie Foxx, and Alfred Molina. And those three, but there wasn't the guy who plays Sandman or the guy who plays Lizard on there. So maybe those three have a larger role in the story, and Sandman and Lizard are just kind of hanging out. Yeah, I did see that. I don't know. Of well, the, did you specifically mention um Sandman and Lizard because they're like more sympathetic or no? Just cause, just based yeah. on the just based on the trailers because that is like a thing. Lizard, eh, Lizard. I don't I don't exactly remember how that shakes out. But Sandman also doesn't he have like a family or something? Cause like a yeah, daughter. Well, yeah. The end of Iron Man, or not Iron Man. The end of Spider Man Three. He's also kind of like. Mostly good, and whereas like Green Goblin, just crazy. He's just a crazy <laughs> He's guy. Got, there's no chance for that. Uh, he can't fix crazy. Did you have any specific other things you wanted to call? I think their devil will be in it. Yeah. Well, you said. I mean, to mean, to, if we're gonna be fair, Jack, you said you saw leaks. I did see leaks that, were, you, but you said they could potentially not I, be real. Yeah, they poten- potentially fake leaks, but of uh, which seemed to show Charlie Cox not as Daredevil, just as like Matt Murdock, Matt Murdock the lawyer, mm-hmm. which so. I think is probably. Again, a good role for him. It'd be a good way to put him in there, like, yeah. low-key, right? Yeah. Just just introduce him as his character so when he shows up later. In a way, that's not over the top. That's not going to detract from, like, because it's it's already going to be a pretty heavy... You can't have, you know, having three Spider-Men and Doctor Strange, right? To have another superhero might, might be overpowering. But if you're just like, well, he needs a lawyer for this scenario anyways, may as well make it him. Mm. And, pretty cool. and it sets him up, uh, Charlie Cox up for his... Uh, assumed appearance in She-Hulk because She-Hulk is a lawyer, right? So it really will tie him into like other things and just make his character more fleshed out. Uh, one thing before going on with predictions, I want to say, you know what? I'm safe for that. Actually, let's do our predictions, and I want to say something about the movie as a whole. All right, my well, my last one was just that, and I don't think I've brought it up here. I think I well, I know I did. This is funny. I'm bringing it up here. I texted you about it a couple weeks ago, and then I had forgotten. So it was a good thing I texted you to remind me, because then you reminded me. I hoping you wouldn't remember that I reminded you, again? so I could say it on oh, I can't, you. hope I'd forgot again. Yeah. That would have <laughs> been pretty funny. You should have just done that. I mean, it would have been infuriating to me, but kind of amusing if you just stole it as your own. But it's that, um, I think there's a non-zero chance that Emma Stone could be in this movie as 
Spider Gwen, whatever, Spider Woman, whatever you want to call her, Ghost Spider, whatever they, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be cool. You may as well. I mean, she's an established, right? Like, she's an established actor. She's, she's, she's real good. She's in a lot of stuff. You had her in those movies. Bring her back. You died, you killed her, but so, like, the way that she could have Second Life is as another alternate universe version of Gwen Stacy, who is the Spider Woman one. I think she'll appear if she does in an end credit scene. Oh, that could. That could work. Like a mid, because I'll do, I think it'd be like probably a mid roll credit scene. Because I think usually, from what I can tell, like the trend of these um, end credit scenes, so that if there's, well, I guess that's not true. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll maybe reverse it because Shang-Chi's, I'm going to go off Shang-Chi here, because Shang-Chi's, the, his first one had like universal implications of like him interacting with Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel and Wong. And then his second one dealt with Shang-Chi related story material. Mm-hmm. So I think. I think I don't. I gotta remember. Maybe I'm talking my ass here. My whole theory about it would be first, but I think it'll be one of the two. It would be a mid credit or an end credit. That'll be like it's me, Spider Gwen. That'd be cool. I I just think it'd be great. Like again, like I said, I mean Emma Stone's obviously a famous and good actress. So. Oh yeah, she's and great in Cruella. She's is she. <laughs> I didn't watch Cruella. I was making a joke. I didn't fucking watch that movie. She's good in Zombieland. She's good in Zombieland. And like she's good in those movies, but she is good in the role that she is you know is to be in those movies which is the the love interest damsel kind of character right and spider gwen didn't exist when those movies were coming out and so now it'd be you utilize that right you got her there bring her back do her now something maybe the whatever something i was gonna say about the movie as a whole as well is and and this will tie in later because we'll talk about it but there's there's other spider-man movies coming it seems um with tom holland in the kind of mcu and it's interesting because i don't know it it seems weird to me to kind of go from this large like universe expanding kind of spider-verse crossover movie to back to like a much smaller scale because i mentioned this a few times on the show but i know a big complaint people have of the tom holland spider-man movies is that he is too too tied into the whole, you know, the larger MCU, and he's got all this baggage around, like, Iron Man and stuff, and as of so far, his two villains, right, are, like, were kind of created by Tony Stark. Like, there's there's all this going on, and so, I know the, the thing that a lot of people want is more of a straight-up, like, kind of grounded, down-to-earth, just a straight, you know, neighborhood Spider-Man kind of Spider-Man movie out of him. Right, yeah. Which, to me, I, I'm just, I don't know, I, I've got mixed thoughts about it, like, how do you go from this, you're gonna go, like, take a big step down, like, and he's just dealing with, dealing with the shocker, you know, haha, <laughs> I don't know, what's a good, he's, he's fighting Scorpion or something. Uh, uh Big Wheel. <laughs> big Wheel, <laughs> he's fighting Stilt Man. Um, so yeah, I don't know, and like, but at the same time, right, this, this, like, this is the point I want to make, at the same time, if you do go the other way and you're like, we're gonna keep doing these for now, and we're gonna do Spider-Verse movies again, now you have, like, two competing Spider-Verse franchises. <laughs> That's true. Like, frankly, it's kind of impressive that they actually had the gumption to just go with this, because this is, you know, they did the Spider-Verse movie just a couple years ago, right, that everyone yeah. really liked, and they're like, I guess we'll do it again, and now, obviously, it's gonna be a different story, right? Right, yeah. The only similarities that these will have is, you know, multiple Spider-Man, but yeah. still, right? Like, it's kind of interesting. I definitely, I, I definitely see what you're saying. I think that's, unfortunately, indicative of Sony's ownership of Spider-Man, because they can't use all the villains and all the plot points that they want to. They kind of have to, like, ham, uh, kind of hammer together and ramshackle a, like, well, I guess he just is in Civil War and he's on Iron Man's side, so we'll kind of make him Iron Man so we can kind of get around stuff. Yes, an unfortunate side effect, but I hope it changes. You know what it could even be? Like, it, this could be a thing of, like, because Sony is so, has a strong time to be so, like, not not very good about their stewardship of Spider-Man in, in movies, and, and they just, they, they get the wrong idea so often and just make such bizarre choices. This could just be like a, well, 
Spider-Verse worked. Everyone liked Into the Spider-Verse. For this next Marvel one, we should just... Hey, hey, Kevin Feige, can you just make a Spider-Verse live-action movie? And he's like, well, sure. But, like, that could... This could be one of those things. We've talked about this before. That happens in Hollywood a lot, where a, you know... Something is successful, and then executives get the wrong idea, and they just try to do. They just try to do it again forever until they run it into the ground, and it's not successful anymore. Until <laughs> they can't make like one percent profit on it, they go, "All right, I guess it's over." Uh, is that all your predictions? Oh, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. moving here. Well, I, actually, I just want to say one more thing, just to get ahead of the movie, because mm-hmm. I wonder. I was thinking about this before. How this movie will age because of the fact that the MCU will get bigger, and as time goes on. The people who start watching these movies, like, you know, teenagers, kids, whatever, adults, like, if you, as you get further away from 2001, people will see the Rain movies, probably won't see the Rain movies as much, or Amazing Spider-Man as much. I mean, I haven't even seen them, and I was alive when they were coming out. Which you ones know, haven't you seen? The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So I'm just saying that, like, the novelty of all these villains coming back, and all the Spider-Man coming back, only hits as hard as it does right now, and I feel like it won't be as impactful if you just watch the MCU all the way through. You know what I mean? Sure. I could say that about a lot of stuff, though. I do, I do think you're that's accurate, but like you could certainly say that about like Endgame, right? I guess that's true. It's only that's that's most impactful for people who are along for the whole ride for like spread out across. We we talked about this with a lot of stuff, right? This goes with TV shows, like with like books and stuff, where as you're going, it's like this, it's like massive, right? And they're, they're just, you know. When you're waiting for week by week and, and with, you know, months gaps between seasons and Bated stuff. Breath. Um, it's definitely a very different experience than if you say you, you you arrive to a book series that's finished or a TV show that's finished and you just binge the whole thing, right? Yeah, that's true. I think I personally think they both have their strengths. Depending on what it is, I, I can find a lot of joy in either of those, right? Right, yeah. Because binge watching has this sort of like instant gratification, right? A really good example of this is, is for me is um, The Walking Dead. Because The Walking Dead has this tendency to almost every episode has a little bit of like a kind of cliffhanger, suspenseful ending, right? And so when I was watching that live, you kind of get that side of it, which is like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next week. And you, you know, you go to school and you're talking with your buddies and you're like, whoa, you see The Walking Dead, what's going to happen? And that's kind of fun in its own way, right? Then like I, last year I went and watched it again because I'm like, yeah, well, I haven't seen Walking Dead in a while, right? And so then you get that, and you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? You click the button and mm. you, you just you find know. out. You say, oh, this is, this is, I have the power. <laughs> so yeah I, I do get what you mean and like there's also probably an element of you know and this is just this is well out right but say like 10 15 20 years from now it really like the arrows are going to become less distinct and just kind of meld together right even more say 30 years from now right some kid 30 years from now who's watching this movie they're not going to be like oh those are th- to them it's like oh those are all the actors who were old spider-man back in the day right like there's right, not yeah. that distinction like you said for us it's like we're, even we are just barely old enough to remember like the spring movies as they were coming out and then kind of the amazing spider movies as they're coming out and now these ones but when you get far enough away that you have no memory of any of them they're not really distinct in your mind right because yeah, it's it's like uh if like today you just showed me uh, let me give you an example all the old James Bond people just together, I'd be like, well, that's just all the people who used to play James Bond all around the same time. Yeah. None of them really mean anything to you. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, we can move on to uh, yeah, other okay. news. Attacking. I guess part of your news already kind of, we already said in our predictions yeah. about Daredevil. So we got a little Marvel news roundup here. Well, actually, two of them we already kind of touched on. But basically, we've been talking, I think we've touched on this like every week for several weeks in a row now. But basically, uh, Kevin Feige has all but confirmed Charlie Cox's return to Daredevil, or to the MCU as Daredevil. What he specifically said was, if, hypothetically, Charlie Cox were to be, or Daredevil were to be in the MCU going forward, 
the actor that we would pick to do it would most likely be Charlie Blake Cox. Cox. And and then he goes on. I don't. The end. Of the thing is to what it, to where and when we would see him I, remains to be seen. I couldn't possibly say. Me, Kevin Feige, the keeper of all secrets, <laughs> God Emperor Kevin Feige, as if he doesn't know Jack. He's seen through all time. Playing coy with us. <laughs> Kevin Feige knows when Daredevil will return. Kevin Feige sees all. Time is a circle to Kevin Feige. <laughs> He's just going around. He sees all its facets. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically it. I've won. I think. I mean, it's again. Him being in Spider-Man has been rumored for I don't know a million years now, at least. And feels uh, like it. And it's just. You know, as soon as Echo was rumored for Hawkeye, then people were like, well, Echo means Daredevil kind of deal. And now that Hawkeye's out, we've been talking about it every week because I think we're getting Hank Payne, we're getting Daredevil, we're getting Echo, we're getting the Echo show. Like, Daredevil's gonna gonna have a bit of a renaissance here in the MCU. Oh, yeah. She-Hulk, like, he's just good. He seems to be in everything. You could put Daredevil in Moon Knight. Yeah, definitely could. I mean, you literally could. Like, because <laughs> they're both that low level. Fucking put him in Captain Marvel 2. Put him in Thor 4. Let's do it. Like I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know, man. I can't see. I'm blind. Put on a secret invasion. He's like, they're here invading Earth. They're invading New York. I'm He's here. Like, they're right there. It's like, where, Daredevil? He's like, I'm blind. I don't know, man. I'm blind. Give me a break. I got like sonar. It's kind of like a bat almost. I can hear them over there. So that was pretty much it. And then the other thing. Good thing was, I also hate Daredevil. Stop. <clears throat> Just want to get that on record. You like Daredevil. We're gonna have a good time with him. I mean, MC. I'll probably have a good time with him. And then um, the other news thing, which we already also talked on, was um, that they've basically come and confirmed that there will be a new trilogy of Spider-Man movies within the MCU. With Tom because on. for the past couple weeks on the press tour for this movie, they've been hassling him. And he's like, I don't know, probably not. I don't know, I guess not. Eh, I think I'm okay with it. And like, a lot of them have been saying, like, yeah, this felt like kind of the end. You know, this is like the end of our movie. You know, it's kind of the kind of sad. It was like maybe the last time we'll see each other on one of these movies. And you're like, wow, maybe they really are not doing any more. Like shit, and because we know that Tom Holland is contracted for at least one more. So it was like, it's kind of weird. They're acting like this really could be the end. He, he has one more on his contract. No, he was. He's, he's out of it. No, he's got one more. Oh, I thought he was out. No, he's got one more. Oh, okay. When they renegotiated it after... Oh, he almost lost it. Far From Home, right? Right. They did two. They renegotiated for two, and this is obviously only his first one. Mm, okay, okay. I think what it is is one Spider-Man movie and one non-Spider-Man movie. So, Doctor Strange. Yeah, it could be. It could just be Doctor Strange. So, but no. They've, they've, I, has, has it literally been confirmed? I think it has, right? I think Sony, someone at Sony. The, I think the vice president or president yeah. of Sony, so a woman named Amy. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's Amy, been she's been the producer on like every Spider-Man movie ever, so she was like, yep, there is going to be more, so that's good, because we like it. Just weird, it makes you wonder if all, I, I don't know, was, it, was that all like negotiating tactics? Was that all Tom Holland, like, who is famously the worst in the MCU at keeping all the secrets? Was that him, like, reverse psychology? Like, he's like, all right, I just got to double down and act like I'm not in it <laughs> so I don't slip up, right? Because you were talking about that one quote where he was like, I don't even know if I want to be Spider-Man. If I'm, if I'm still being Spider-Man in five years, it's kind of weird, if anything. I don't, I don't know if I want to be Spider-Man when I'm 30. And it's like, that didn't age well because <laughs> yeah, now he's going to be. Like, that was just two weeks ago and now it's already Which like- I feel is a bit foolish because um, I guess the actors want range or something, but he would make so much money. Being Spider-Man, and a Spider-Man that everybody likes. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing I would like to say about that. For some reason, people have, and it's because I guess it's how he's often portrayed, but people have this idea that Spider-Man is perpetually a teenager. Why? I don't know why that is, right? It's not really like, Maybe that's the now. most iconic thing, but like he hasn't been a teenager in the comics for 40, 50 years. Like, he's married literally his times. first, like, the first decade he was a character, he was kind of a, he was in high school. 
But then he went to college and then he graduated and like he's like an adult. Yeah, he's had he's variously been married and had kids, like that's all murky, but whatever. The point is he's an adult and has been an adult for like, yeah, like 50, 60 years or something ridiculous. Like this idea that he's this perpetual like teenager is not accurate, and I think it's doing a disservice to the character, right? Yeah, I'd have to agree. Acting like we gotta stay we gotta always just be rebooting so we can always be in high school is crazy because there's all kind of facets of the character that you can get into that you can only do once he's an adult. So like I for one am very excited at the prospect of doing a trilogy where he is getting older and he's out of high school and they start to explore um that element of it. So good stuff. And then the third one was just a fun one. Um they added Spider Man to that Avengers game that's really iffy that I've played and but don't very much enjoy. <laughs> no one enjoys because it's just it's not not made, very made well. a lot of mistakes there. And um, he looks terrible. They somehow it's actually it's actually kind of mind boggling that they didn't know how to do web um, swinging mechanics because really they nailed those web swing mechanics in like two thousand three or four whenever it was when they did the Spider Man two game. That's a, like a famous famously good movie adaptation, and it was on the PlayStation too, like. It, this is crazy that in 2021 this one comes out and it's like comically bad looking. <laughs> yeah, because put, didn't put any money into it. Just we're like, yeah, make can't try. We only can try so hard on something, guys. Just send it out. It's funny. I don't have much to say, but I just find it amusing. I've seen. I've been. I've been seeing. I've been enjoying all the videos of um showing all the all the games that have done it better, right? Because obviously you got all the Spider-Man games, right? Yeah, like you said, the Amazing Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man Two are both really well liked. Like I said, Spider-Man 2, the original one. There's like Web of Shadows. There's all kind. There's been all kind of Spider-Man games, right? Most recently, obviously, the PS4 game and the Miles Morales game. But then there's like kind of the oddball ones, <laughs> which still did web swimming better, right? So it's like uh, Disney Infinity 3.0. I saw did pretty. They they got pretty solid looking web swimming mechanics. <laughs> um, obviously, he was also added to Fortnite this week. And his yeah, and that web swimming looks better. <laughs> oh, um, infinitely better. I've seen some clips of it. The web swinging in the Lego Marvel superheroes game, better. It's really just about anything. Those those f- funny memes that have been going around for like a couple months, which was like the whole when you want to play Spider Man but you don't have a PS4, and so it'd be like <laughs> someone was building a world in Fortnite with just a bunch of skyscrapers because you can you know you can do like the creative side and that now. right yeah, yeah and you just got the grapple shot and it's like it's that meme of or you know it's like it's editing over with the audio of like a guy poorly singing the Post Malone song, <laughs> um and like I've seen multiple versions of that like but. It, it, like amusingly now those those almost look as good as the web swinging in this uh in this game. actual version it's bizarre it's just he's got this weird lack of momentum where he just kind of like hangs in the air when he's done swinging for a like it's just it looks bad doesn't look good i don't know how they i don't know how they did that they botched it they kind of botched, botched it. it bro that's a botched job all right and then that's, that's about all we're gonna say about news topics right yeah. all right act tech into hawkeye hawkeye episode four partners who needs them? Was it? Was the title is partners? Oh, it's um, who needs them or something? <laughs> something like that, right? It's something like that. Yeah. Good enough. What we'll at this out? No, hold on. We'll edit this out. I'll edit this out. I'm gonna say it and get all the glory. Hawkeye episode four partners. Am I right? Uh, that title pretty... was partners. Am I right? Nice. No, correct. <laughs> I already said that. I what mean, you talking about? you're not editing. No, you've already Damn. both of us saying it. Mm-mm. We'll see. I guess we'll see who the editing gods choose. Me, I'm who editing. They, I'm, who they judge to be righteous? Me, <laughs> I'm editing. It's in the hands of the editing gods now, Jack. I don't know if it is. It's in the hands so, of future Jack. <laughs> He's notoriously no. cruel. And <laughs> all right, uh, pretty solid episode. Another, another like smaller one. I don't know. This whole show's been small, but this is even more small. I guess even smaller. I think. Yeah, how you say it in English? Uh, they don't. I don't know. It's it's a lot of a lot of character stuff again, which is nice. I don't know. I I, I don't mind. 
personally? I don't think his show is moving quick enough for me. I feel like because because it's only six episodes. Of course not. Dude. I feel like it could be, if it was just eight episodes, I could probably you know give us give it us give it us some pass. Come on, but this is what Martin Scorsese has been saying. This has been lacking all along. We, we're finally getting it. They're taking their time, Jack. They're doing some. Yeah, but I just want to see Kingpin. They're doing some human. Just show me Kingpin. They're telling human stories, Jack. They're they're talking about the human experience, Jack. This is this is a Marvel property that's not just Flash, and your and your tiny pea brain can't handle it. Oh, you need constant gratification. Oh, where's the where's the explosions? He says. Oh, where's the where's the mul- yeah. multitude of cameos? I need the serotonin. There's not serotonin, my Jack, man. This is telling you something about about the human experience. I wish it wouldn't tell me anything. Truthfully. Fair enough. But, like, we got a, we got a handful of little moments like that. We got, like, you know, Kate Bishop being like, let's do Christmas, Hawkeye, because you're sad, because you're away from your family. He's like, oh, thanks. And then we got, the, he gets real deep, talking about Natasha being dead, and how his family died, and it was sad, and, like, like soul really, crushing. Yeah, she really gets him into his feels. There's the, um, so what do you think? I, I really liked it, the moment, which was clearly, obviously, um, they did, like, the, the Black Widow thing from Endgame, which yeah. is dangling there, and it's like, yeah, it's like, pull me up. Kind of gets him for a second. Like, that was pretty intense. And he's a like, good moment. get out of here, and he cuts her loose. And she just runs back up the stairs pretty good. <laughs> that, that was very funny. I'm like, oh, she gets, gets right back in. I liked uh, when he's like training her how to do the flick thing. That's, That's good. good. It's from the comic. I really like the boomerang arrow conversation they have, which yes. reversed in the comics. Oh, come on. That was good stuff. It's like, oh, it's a boomerang. We should get boomerang arrows. It's like, why would I have a boomerang arrow? I'm like, have him come back. Come back. It's like, why would I want Nero to come back at we, me? We talked about it last week, but that's like a really good moment in the comic that I like a lot when she uses the boomerang arrow to great effect. It saves his life, yeah. So she's right. She'd have boomerang arrows. Maybe that'll be the Chekhov's boomerang arrow. It'll come back. Uh, I love a good Chekhov's boomerang arrow. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't named the dog yet. It's ridiculous. All the everyone knows. It's not a secret. I mean, he's got a name from the comics. And you can you can buy Lucky the Pizza Dog merch and stuff and, and, and whatnot from this show. So I don't know what they're doing about it. Maybe at the end they'll be like, man, you really are lucky, aren't you? Yeah. Like, it's at this point, it's not going <laughs> to... Payoff's not really there because we know what his name is. Yeah. So it's like, what are they what are they dragging it out for? They buy him dog food and keep feeding him pizza. Yeah, that can't be good for him. No. It, famously, dogs aren't supposed to eat people food. It makes them fat and kills them. Don't, stop giving him pizza. Give him some he dog ate, food. He ate pizza once. He did anything. He's a well, dog. Yeah, he was a starving street dog He'd as well. eat his own vomit. No, fed dogs eat their own vomit. So <laughs> he would eat anything. Literally anything. You could have called him Vomit Dog if the, if the stars had <laughs> aligned just. Yeah, just give him the name. What are we doing there? Because they don't, they, don't they don't have anything to call him. They're just like, hey, take the dog for a walk. Take the do- yeah, just give him a name. What are you doing? I'm lucky. Call him Arrow. Either one. Be I wouldn't mind. We got, we got the return of Gil. And the and the LARPers. Don't know, what's that about? I mean, it's it's fine and all, but yeah, I don't I don't know what that's all about. Why why what, like why is she why does she have to help them like that? Why can yeah, I don't know, man. Why are they why did the cop agree to go in and take evidence for them? Yeah, she was really chill about that. Yeah, probably more so than she should be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's like some woman was like, "Hey, Hawkeye needs this stuff. He's an Avenger. Trust me. I know the Avenger Hawkeye with no proof that he knows the Avenger Hawkeye." Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, here's his Avenger card, and I have a signed document from a court of law being like, no, Hawkeye can do this because he's an Avenger. None of that. She just walked up to him when they were practicing in Central Park, like lunatics. For that matter, I don't know why Hawkeye's not pulling rank in any way. He's like, a humble guy. Why he doesn't have any strings to pull? Because I feel like he should. He's also he's a shield Avenger. agent. Yeah, or was, or I don't know. That's what I mean. Like he's got, he should have some someone to be able to call. Then the show would be over real quick, wouldn't it? Yeah, we can't have that. All right, there's something maybe at the at the risk of sounding dumb, Jack. 
Oh, love this. Love when a sentence starts like that. So, what is his ultimate goal here, specifically? What does he What does he feel that he needs to do to put a bow on this so he can go home? I think he wants to just completely take down the tracksuits so they don't. But go does is that actually what is? Because it doesn't really feel like that's because he he wants to get everything back and get rid of the. I think he wants to get rid of the tracksuits. Do you actually though? Oh, uh, I guess I don't know. Because well, he he's not been moving in that direction lately. Well, he wants to get all his stuff back. That seems to be... But, like, I'm... Because con- that's that's the vibe I get. Well, obviously, that's literally what's happening. But I'm... I've been sitting here like, is that... Is that, ap- like, actually it? Because it doesn't feel like it should be. But, yeah, is it, like... Is his is most of his goal just, like, I want to get the stuff and then I can go home? Well... Like, clearly he doesn't want it out there, right? That, that's definitely part of it. But is that... Is that the I beginning think, and end of it? I think his other goal is to remove Kate from it. Because Kate put on the Ronin suit and she finds him. And then, remember, he's, he, yeah. he lets himself get captured to clear her name. And then she comes and finds him. So he's like, well, all right, now I got to do more stuff to make it clear that I'm doing this and you're not. So they'll leave, they'll leave you alone because they're going to come, they want me, but they won't come after me because they know who I am. And they, you know, I'm an Avenger and all that. And I think it just kind of spirals. Like at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. he's like, like, this has gotten really out of hand. Like, I'm yeah. just trying to make them get off them off your back, and this has gone from bad to worse because they hired a fucking Black Widow assassin to come mm-hmm. in, and that's not good. They shouldn't be in New York City finding us. Yeah. So, I think that's his goal. It's, I do see what you mean. It's not super clear, and I think they could have make it a little more clear, the progression yeah. of it. We did have the moment that I called last week, which was just Kate being like, it's it's you, right? <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I like that. So I think it's fine. I think it make I think it makes perfect sense. And it was it it, it came out like organically in a nice way though too. The way they presented it, it was like she kind of like teased it out of him like yeah. So you your family all died right? And you were kind of real real fucking mad about that. I bet right? It kind of crushed you. Were you maybe mad? It might drive to- a man to I don't know righteous <laughs> violence. <laughs> And I might drive a man to be a, to be to be much like <laughs> a, a samurai with no feudal lord, a ronin if you will. <laughs> Would you would you agree with that, Clint Barton? Real talk though, Jack. Is that cultural appropriation? Calling yourself Ronan. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> is it is it fucked that his introduce introduction in Endgame as Ronan is him killing Japanese guys? Is that kind of fucked? That's what I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. Is I don't it? Know. I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. Should we say yes just to cover our own asses? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's our know. first test of the show. We don't know. <laughs> We're not making any firm stances. I mean, he does speak Japanese, so you got to give him. Yeah, but he's credit words too. Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai, and, and that's a good movie that I very much love. Isn't that famously like inaccurate and kind of like a white savior movie? Well, it's definitely say? not accurate. I actually don't think that's a bad of, of an example of a white savior movie. That for like that, yeah, that has become like the, the literal gold standard, gold standard in example. For, in a weird, and I don't, I don't actually think it is because Tom Cruise is hardly he's the main character of that movie, but he's like almost not the protagonist of that movie. Is that if, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. one of those movies where like he's. He is a secondary character to the larger thing going on, but so whatever. People don't. I don't think people nowadays just you know even want to give it a fair shake, which maybe is maybe is fair in its own way, but whatever. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, what were you saying? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, so like I did like that whole heart to heart they had though. Yeah, I and the well. whole the moment where he's like, "That's what I do, man." Like. I'm an, I'm an Avenger, and I think we talk about it here, right? Like he's he's the bow guy. Like he was, and and like he he talks about it. And I think I said this exactly a couple weeks back. Like he's he was an assassin, right? Like he says he was like, luckily I was working for the good guys, and they were pointing me in the right direction. But at the end of the day, his job was, was to, to kill be an assassin. People. He like, killed people, right? I'm like, yeah, maybe it was right and like righteous, and and again, you'd you'd like to believe that he was killing killing the right people for the right reasons. Yeah, but that's still what he did, right? But he's still a murderer. Yeah, like I straight mean, up. Yeah. 
and he, and he has no like illusions about it which i think is i guess very important to yeah. show to like be like kate like this isn't what you think it is yeah like she's like oh no you're a hero though he's like yeah but i, I mean maybe but i was I w- killing people i wasn't always a hero like, I was, yeah like, i wasn't always on the avengers it's the same thing as black widow right that, that's mm-hmm. why they worked so well as like a duo like a pairing there they understood each other they, yeah they got a lot of and and yeah, that whole moment was great. That he talking about how you know the most important shot he ever took was was the one he when he decided not to kill her and to and recruit then, her anyways. And you know, actually, I think that's a perfect segue into. I think we had. I think I said this. I'm gonna say I said this, even if I did. No, I definitely did because you know I like to think I'm right. Um, about how they're going to set up a Yolanda Kate relationship in the exact yeah. same way, and they literally just recruit. Like he says that line, and then she doesn't shoot her. Like point blank in the yeah. face with an arrow, like she just could have. Uh huh. Uh, so yeah, I think they're gonna be best friends. <laughs> Maybe. Well, because literally, actually, I didn't even. I, now I'm glad Jack. That kind of went over my head until you bring up now. Because well, like, I'm smarter than you. He because li- <laughs> he literally had that moment where he's like, I something about her. I could see that she wanted out, and maybe Cat, Cat. Maybe Kate saw that in her. But isn't Yolanda already out? That's what I'm thinking. So like that. Okay. So let's let's talk about that. Let's get into this. So we didn't say spoilers, did we? It's always spoilers. <laughs> so Kate. Okay, Yolanda. So, well, well, really, I wanted to say. So, Clint says afterwards, he's like, "This has gone crazy. This has gone too far. This got this very serious very quickly. Someone has hired a Black Widow assassin." Do we think that's what's going on here, Jack? Do you think that some outside party, well, maybe not, but whoever has hired her, and that's the circumstance, or has she come there of her own volition no, I, because of the post-credit scene? I yes, that's what, that's Widow. exactly what I think. I think that Madam Julie Dreyfus, Madam Hydra. At the end, when she says, this is who killed your sister, Hawkeye, go get him, because she did all those jobs for her. I mm-hmm. think that's who sent him, and I don't think anybody really knows about the Red Room going down. Like, I think a lot of people still think, because that went down right after Civil War. Yeah. So there's so much other stuff that happened and is about to happen mm-hmm. that would overshadow that, the secret, no one knows where it is, like, thing that not many people even know where anyway yeah it disappearing who's g- even clint he's got all this other mm-hmm. stuff to do with like civil war and all that stuff he might not even know that they're gone he's just like whoa this is crazy so i think i think that might also help the plot because he'll be freaking out and then y'all be like actually yeah. no um there's no that doesn't exist anymore like she might just say that to him and i think it makes perfect sense for him to think that's what's going on right with what he knows and his understanding it, that's a logical conclusion to jump to right mm-hmm. but yeah i think he'll i think we'll will learn that that's that's not why she's there because she yeah the red room doesn't exist anymore and she has she's kind of her own kind of free agent. agent now yeah and that's yeah because uh madam hydra's convinced her that hawkeye's to blame and that's what she's there for i didn't think it was a cool line delivery at the end of the episode with like this has got this is getting bad they've hired yeah. a black widow I'm like, that's a cool way to say it yeah I, that, and it's cool so like i think he recognized her as a black widow because of um her weapons because of the wrist things yeah yeah, yeah which is cool those things also i uh, didn't seem very effective because she they hit, did seem yeah she hit echo and echo just, and echo was like oh that hurt and then she, she just pretty quickly just took them off. off i thought the same thing i'm not gonna lie i'm like i feel like black widows were way better like maybe she turned them down so you don't want to be non-lethal but yeah I don't know. is red less powerful than blue i mean black widows were blue Think about Star Wars. Isn't the light always more powerful because it's goodness? That's true. That's true. Now, if they were gray, they'd be the strongest because red is evil. Star Wars logic. Mm-mm. I almost caught you. I he almost said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Red is evil. The dark side's e- easier and more seductive, but it's not. It's not stronger. Not really. No. 
Because hate never makes you stronger. No, love, Jack. Well, actually, actually, actually love. not love, because love made Anakin turn to the dark side. No, it was no. That was also hate, because that was selfishness. That wasn't love. That was possessiveness. Right. Yeah, you're right. I just don't really care for these movies. Shut up. You do too. We <laughs> all love Star Wars here. Yeah, we all right. Big Star Wars guys. We got anything else to say about about it? Mm. Really exciting. I mean, I guess we'll see more of it, right? I was burned though, because I kept seeing rumors before Hawkeye came out that. There was going to be end credits for episode oh. four, and Kingpin was going to be an episode four end credits, and I was like, <gasps> and then, and then there was none. I was like, oh god damn it! Um, he's got it. Like he's got to show up next episode. I know. Like, I tried to just. It's me, Vincent <laughs> It's me, Kingpin. It's and and it's you, Daredevil. Welcome with big white suit, big man in a big white suit, suit. a tank of a man, big big bald man in in a big white suit, big big man in a big white suit. Take it off. What are you? <laughs> big egg looking dude. I know. I just tried to move us off, but I was okay. There's more things I want to say. I want to say. I liked Yolanda's um, get-up. Um, the goggly night vision things are neat because those are reminiscent, vaguely at least, of her um, one of her first like appearances in that comic. Hold on, let me bring it up here. So yeah, I just thought that was neat. I saw it in um, I saw it in a in I also was kind of spoiled because I saw that in a in a uh, thumbnail in a YouTube video this week before I got around to actually watching the episode, and I was like, oh, it's probably Yolanda because she's got goggly things on and that's the thing she wears sometimes you also be why would the, why would this youtube video pick a random person with a mask to put in the thumbnail i mean not, it's it's okay, whatever I mean, though because we knew she was gonna i mean yeah don't get me wrong I'm, i wasn't i wasn't tore up about it because we, we've been known she was in this show oh, of course so it really i mean I it's a matter of what if, and that was a matter of if it was just when yeah people who are less i'm sure that was a really cool moment for people who are like in the sweet spot of connected enough in the marvel universe to know to recognize who it is <laughs> and also not us. not invested enough to keep up with the news to know but people who don't have podcasts there's so, there's some gray area there where you just cuz and you'd be like oh my gosh she's from the black widow movie i saw this year that's really cool yeah. i like that movie i didn't think it was bad because you know i don't i'm not a weird taskmaster simp for right. no reason but me us we're over here we're count, we've been counting down the episodes <laughs> like, for her right. to show up if you think about it there's where is jelana Wait, she I was promised Jelana. Bring right. Daredevil. Oh, no. Is she good now? Oh, there's one thing. Fight scene at the end. We talked about off a little bit off pod. Yeah. Weird. Uh, kind of weird. In this. It didn't look great. No. At time. It kind of, I it don't know. It seemed like there's... they were practicing it. Yeah. And they were it, like, uh... yeah, that's good enough. We don't have time. It's not the It's not the most supreme fight choreography that we've ever seen. No. Just thought, yeah. I thought that was kind of the weakest part of the episode, that last fight. I was like, I don't feel like they're really doing any damage to each other. Like, I'm not, I don't, it's not impactful enough. There's definitely good moments in it, but yeah, overall it's kind of it doesn't look it doesn't look stellar. I don't know, it's just kind of meh. Because yeah, I, I get what you mean. Of like, and there's there's all you know, it could have been interesting because there's a, it's like a it was a kind of a three way fight because it was like I see Hawkeye and Clint or well he's Clint well, whatever they're both Hawkeye so sure but the two of them and then you know Maya's got her own things but then Maya's not actually allied with Yolanda so they're all kind of fighting each other which which was kind of neat but yeah it didn't look stellar did it. I really liked, I don't know, something about it. I just thought it was really cool, the way Yolanda dipped out. Oh, yeah, she Her little it. dive off the roof looked really but cool. But that's just right into, like... Yeah, it wasn't street. that high of a roof, was it? No. As we saw minute, you know, minutes earlier. And these people were just walking around, they'd be like, you just jump off that building, man? Yeah. What the hell? She really, like, like went soaring, and it's like, probably just catch her, right? Yeah. If they wanted Hawkeye, could just lean over and be like, well, there she is. Let me let, let me shoot with zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or so. Kate Bishop can run down the stairs at the speed of light. Like yeah, she <laughs> she ran up those stairs real quick, so. Yeah. She probably, she probably watched Yolanda run across and make it down the stairs and be like, there she is. Yeah. Shoot with the arrow. So, okay, I don't know. Something about the way she did that jump was really cool. She, like, did, like, the, she did, like, the, what it is, I think it was reminiscent to me of, like, the Assassin's Creed swan dive that they do when you Leap go to, like. Faith. 
Yeah, the leap of faith. When you go to a really, really high spot in Assassin's Creed, you can do like mine and hay. Looks cool. All right, are we actually done now? Yeah. Let's well, attack out. You want to do Sunny next? Or? Sure, let's do this week's Sunny. So this week we have two episodes of Sunny once again, and they are episode three, the gang buys roller rink, and episode four, the gang replaces D with a monkey or something. So um, the roller rink one I thought was really solid again. Another, I agree. Another very I thought solid it was very entry. funny. It's got a lot of like. You know, meta jokes. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about it. So let's let's let's. Uh, yeah. So let's bring in the premise first, so we can. Well, set sure. Up I mean, presumably you've seen it, but um, <laughs> so it's like the '90s. It's uh, it's like sort of the backstory. You could say it's the origin story of the gang as we know them, and um, it, it shows how they came to acquire the bar and become the way they are. And the interesting thing about it is now this is something I didn't really pick up on because I don't think I knew a lot of this until I saw this. But I saw a Reddit post that said that. Uh, kind of theorized that this also is something of like a meta episode because it's not just about the gang as they are in the show; it's about the, their actors, the actors as they are as as real people. And so, um, let me pull it up here to talk about. But yeah, that element of it was, was really kind of interesting because you know I talked about this off the show there, but it doesn't exactly line up one hundred percent perfectly with the sort of established. Lore, or, if you want to call it, the, it's a, the always sunny expanded universe <laughs> canon. Um, it doesn't it doesn't seem to fully connect with what we actually know about them as they were as young people. Like to me, the biggest one that stood out is probably D, um, because everything that we've known about D in the past is like she was not nice. She was not actually like that nice of a person when she was a teenager, right? No, she broke Rookie Crooked's heart. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And like, so this idea that she was this like perfect sweet angel until she had a traumatic head injury <laughs> doesn't seem totally right, but no, it's no, funny, no. isn't it? I mean, it's a funny joke, so who cares? It's funny that D calls Max hair small, like Dennis does. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's all kind of like stuff like that scattered throughout, right? I think like, D, I think the implication maybe is that watching his <laughs> gross dad have sex with a prostitute. Made him into a weird pervert. Yeah, probably broke something in his mind for Dennis. Um, Even, yeah. Even, and especially yeah, it's onto that, uh, the lore we know that he got assaulted oh, that's true. by a, the library. Yeah, actually, yeah. So he's just got a lot going on there. I liked the seeing um, Charlie discover the, the wonders of, of inhalants for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Seem to be the first where he's like, yeah, oh, man, this is, it's, it's got a, it's got a kink to it. Interesting. <laughs> and you're just like, oh no, Charlie, you're going to ruin your mind. No, Charlie, no. <laughs> you're going to kill your brain. I mean, not that he's like incredibly bright in this episode, is he? No, not at all. Um, I liked, Mac is pretty standard. I think Mac does make sense. Because as you, as you and I talked about, there is, there has been reference before to Mac being a drug dealer in high school. So, Mickey the Rat. That works just fine. I mean, I suppose the dentist thing, again, like them being rich, I guess. I feel like they never, like, went that angle before. Other than, as in, like, they were, like, you know, they acted and dressed like rich preppy kids. Because they still went to, like, a public school. Yeah, they still went to the same school with their, yeah, exactly. So, kind of lower class friends. Yeah, very low class friends. So, it's, it, I feel like that was never, really, like, Frank was rich, but famously he was, like, stingy with it and just kind of mean to them, right? It's always just, I mean, it, it, I, it's not, still not quite clear how, why, I guess, why Dennis becomes Mac and Charlie's friend. Because obviously Mac and Charlie have been friends since they were younger, yeah, based on the Christmas episode. They were longer friends. They've yeah. been friends for longer, and they met Dennis in high school. And they reference in the high school episode, the reunion, yeah. how Dennis wasn't cool, and he thought he was part of the cool kids, but he actually hung out with Mickey and Charlie under the bleachers <laughs> yeah. all the time. And you would think, like, oh, okay, he might have done that because he wanted to act cool, because they would think he's cool, and he could act cool to them. But this episode suggests that he wasn't an asshole when he was in high school. Yeah. He was just like a, a genuine, kind of genuine person. 
and he was like, I just want to be friends with these guys. So it's just like a, like you said, it's this is again, it's not like airtight lore. They're not like trying yeah, to build a universe. Whatever. So it's just interesting. It all, and I think it all still works. So okay, so I got the post on here about the meta stuff of it that the other people had. So basically, so the thing I said we said before, right? So D and Dennis, Dennis are like rich preppy kids in this, right? And people theorize that that's meant to reflect the idea that Caitlin Olson and Glenn Howerton were actual classically trained actors prior to coming on to Sunny. And so they were like, they're coming from like kind of a more posh background sort of than Charlie Day and Rob McElhinney, who were like more, you know, pull up your bootstraps kind of people. Of like and Group and grassroots, in yeah, sense. more grassroots, and like the idea that Charlie's working really hard at the roller rink and not really making progress because there's not a lot of upward mobility in a roller rink. No, not at all. Um, it's the idea that like uh, Charlie Day was working hard and he was plugging away at roles and stuff, but he wasn't, he didn't have a lot of success before Sonny. Um, and then the there's a, they were theorizing on here that in the episode, um, uh, Rob McElhenney being or rather Mac being bad at negotiating when they're trying to buy it when he just keeps saying any price we'll give you any price <laughs> is a reference to the fact that rob mcgohenny was as the showrunner was bad at negotiations early on including famously he did not negotiate for them to have an office <laughs> originally to, to write the show to, to a place to work and, and do you know the, all the stuff that would surround the production of a show during the second season when the show wasn't doing super hot and the network executives wanted to add what's his name De- danny devito as frank reynolds he did not push back on that, even though he didn't really want to. He pushed back on it once, well, he and tried, they, and they like, hit him with the, we're going to cancel you. Yeah. And he's like, I, that's, you know, which ultimately I think worked out for the best. Well, I, I totally agree. I don't think you could, you could deny. Um, uh, the, the part where Charlie compliments Dennis's jacket and says that he looks like Jerry Seinfeld, and Dennis says, that's what I was going for. That could be kind of interpreted as like a meta thing of like, they were trying to be like Seinfeld because the show is, I mean, it's always sunny is like literally similar to Seinfeld. That's, I, and that's what I've 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 had that thought that I don't want to go a little, little tangent here, but I've always felt that, uh, like the way Seinfeld operates is like people like the worst people you know, but they're polite. Like people you like friends of friends who are like I guess they're kind of polite, but they push it a little far and they do kind of like weird stuff. Like classically, George is neurotic and is very obsessed with like minutia and like he's very particular. And it's like they go right up the line of like polite conversation or polite society and go a little bit over, but they never like destroy it. And always sunny is all of those people, if they were the worst people you've ever met and you'd never want to be friends with and just like horrible monsters. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they're just cut from the same cloth. In essence, Seinfeld walked so Sonny could run. Yeah, on here, D being like sweet and innocent is kind of also meta in the fact that, um, and I've, I've mentioned, I think I've said this before on here. Early seasons, D was kind of the straight man. Like she was the most normal of them, and she was just kind of a normal person. But then they quickly were like, "Well, Caitlin Olsen's funny, so we should just let her actually be like a you know zany as the rest of them." Yeah, just be just as insane. Yeah. So the idea that like you know early on they just kind of used her as the straight man, just generic girl, and then later on they're like, "Nah, she can be as crazy as everyone else." Um, after again her traumatic head injury. <laughs> I guess one last thing for this episode. I thought it was very. I think it's very funny that Charlie actually should have the by far controlling share of the bar. Yeah. Because um, it's like a constant. It's like a running joke throughout the whole show that like he doesn't, and that like at one point he traded them his shares for sandwiches, sandwiches <laughs> and stuff. But really, he should have far more shares than them to trade anyways. So, like, like by a significant margin. Yeah. And it's, it's just a funny joke that he's like, yeah, I'm saving up and, and scrounging up those quarters, so I got. 
$57,000. And that was 1992 money. I so thought I had that same thought. Like, holy shit. That's a lot of money. It's so much money that he saved. That's like years of salary. How did he do that? Because yeah. um, so, yeah. I, I think we talked about he doesn't spend money on anything. He doesn't. No, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, be, it kind of makes sense with what we know about Charlie is that he's, what does he buy, right? Like, he. Cat he food? he lives in squalor and and eats Lip, cat food. Lives and, in Section Eight housing and lives and sleeps on like a pullout couch with another guy. Yeah, and he garbage picks and stuff, and just has the worst, most disgusting diet you ever seen. He wears the same clothes almost always. It seems. Yeah, well, <laughs> even they, reference that in this episode. <laughs> like he's got the same sweatshirt from when he was, you know, twenty two. So good, good episode. Very good episode. Very funny. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess uh, one thing I do think it's funny that they made no effort to make anyone look younger. Really. Oh, not at all. <laughs> just not at all. I mean, they did, like, change... I guess they did, like, hair and things, but, like, you know, they didn't... There's no advanced de-aging at work here, is there? It's just... No, I can't imagine Fox giving them the Marvel of treatment. But I just... I think that's fun. Like, I think that just adds to it, honestly. They did it... We've talked about how I think it's funny, even though I don't really like that episode very much, the one where, um... The Frank's brother episode, um... Dan DeVito just is old. He's just old, and he's like, yeah, Mister, I'm only 16, but <laughs> but it's just it's just like 65 year old Dan DeVito. Very good. Um, all right, so let's do episode four. They Dan replaces D with a monkey. Um, I'd say this one's a little weaker. Um, I would say actually the the D plot line is the stronger plot line. Oh, see, I I think I would have to disagree, and like this is nothing against Caitlin Olson and stuff because I do think she is good and funny. I think a lot of the D when when D does get like a lot of stuff to do like this in an episode. Um, the D subplots are often, it's that kind of, um, I don't know what you call it. It's that kind of like cringe based humor, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. that like, and like, I don't know. It's, I, I, I'm one of those people who doesn't, doesn't usually love that because I, I find it hard to get, cause I really, am just sitting there like cringing and like embarrassed for it. I'm just like, she's, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree. That's one of the reasons I don't really like the office is cause that's all cringe based humor yeah, and it's, it's exactly. I just can't like stomach it. I think it really says it's because she gets a dentist moment. Yeah, with with Kiki, she's like, "All I had to say was one compliment." Yeah, that is the that and I have say. control of you. That's the funniest part. And it, I think, it, it kind of, it in a way, I just have it now. Kind of goes back to his speech uh, in season five of the gang gets analyzed when he talks about like having a having complete control of a man, <laughs> being able to throw the executioner switch. But no, you never will. But you or could. His, or his like, what is he? He's getting off by becoming another man by living in his skin. Yeah, oh, I'm getting off. We're all gonna get off. <laughs> yeah. That is, it is kind of a D moment, or a Dennis moment, isn't it? I, I just thought it was, I mean, I guess it's in line that she would, like, drop it at a moment, but yeah. I, I was really kind of hoping that they would keep her acting class as, like, a subplot. <laughs> That'd be fun. Like, that she could kept, like, they could have Kiki as, like, a rickety cricket kind of character, at sure. least. like a recurring. To, yeah, that is, like, D just has control of her, <laughs> and, like, she doesn't, and I think it'd be interesting. I get, maybe they, they very much still could, because she might just be like, but your acting class, Miss Reynolds, yeah. and, like, the, all the guys are like, I don't know, dude. You're kind of manipulating this girl. <laughs> like, what, Dennis? What, you know what I'm saying? Goes, well, I, I do it for you know sexual reasons. I can't control it because <laughs> you know they do that shit all the time when mm-hmm. D calls them out, like rightfully on like the all horrible things they do. Yeah, but then they're going to Ireland now. I think this is like because next part, next episode, next two episodes are two parters. This is essentially a three part storyline, which I don't think they've really done in Sunny yet because like. Yeah. They set up Ireland. The next two are just Ireland episodes. So that's how it seemed. Yeah. The, well, the trailer for this season seemed to suggest they were spending a lot of time there. So good. I don't know. I'm interested to see because they, you know, even in this episode, they they once again touched on the classic like Charlie doesn't want to travel thing. <laughs> the most he was willing to do was Pittsburgh. <laughs> so <laughs> that that I let that, I did let that Pittsburgh bit. He's like, 
When does Pittsburgh start? <laughs> what do you? It's there's two two cities in Philadelphia. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Very funny. That's good. You know, this classic Charlie ignorance. Yeah, Wait, no. But two, but two cities in one state. I, I and they're like, yeah, every state has more than two, two cities. Every single, and it's funny because those two cities are opposite ends of the state from each other. Yeah, like the, the fact that you just have zero counts is quite amusing. Frankenstein on it. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that's always fun. Is like when when two or more of them are just in the same boat. Because like we always say, we, we've said or we have said before. It's not a thing we say a lot, but <laughs> they're all dumb. Regardless of like Charlie is quote unquote the dumb one. But when you really get down to it, they're all equally dumb. It's just like about sometimes having having more knowledge of certain areas, right? Having the upper hand. And we got that in this episode because like even Frank is like, I don't know, Pittsburgh. <laughs> We going to Pittsburgh, <laughs> or like later on when um Frank or, or Charlie does a color and he's like I I got confused, and you're like all right that's Charlie giving go, but then Mac as well is like oh I also did a color I didn't understand this <laughs> and it's like yeah they're they're all equally they're moronic. all so stupid when it, when you really get right down I don't know to how it. the U S economy works <laughs> so yeah that's good and uh, monkey was I don't know we talked about this I didn't I feel like the monkey was supposed to be. Some kind of extended metaphor, maybe that I that kind of went over my head. I don't know. It very well could have been. Did you get anything from that? No, All not right. not really. I thought it was weird. I thought the monkey was pissing in their beer and they're drinking monkey piss. Yeah, I thought it, I knew it had to be something weird. I think it's actually funnier though that the revelation was just that they was mixing it, mixing it with whiskey, which, um, <laughs> like like as they said, maybe like half of <laughs> half and a half. Which should be like severely unpalatable yeah. to any normal human, but because they are just degenerate Hard alcoholics, enough. he's over there like this is the best beer I've ever tasted. <laughs> so I actually thought that was like a funnier way to do it, other than just yeah, oh uh, the monkey's pissing on the beer and it tastes good or whatever. Yeah. So whiskey <laughs> beer of I'm green and fight, whiskey beer island of green and fight. fight, very funny. Yeah, that was good. I think I think it's fine that it's a little off just to set up the Ireland stuff. Yeah. So I think, you know, sacrifice it to put it in later. Uh, I like that Dee's really excited about her role where she's an uh, obnoxious American MILF number one. <laughs> yep. She doesn't have a... So she's probably going to be in one episode and that's she's, just well, cause She's just so vain. Yeah. Right? Like, this to her is... Yeah. Like getting fucking the notebook. I like right. It, like, it references the notebook. And it's I thought that that bit was funny where she's receiving the phone call. She's being very obnoxious. And then after, at the end, you're like, where's this going? Because then when he's like, actually, because this phone call, too, um, definitely solidified my choice, this phone call. And then you realize it's because, yeah, she's playing obnoxious American Milford. <laughs> so that phone call would definitely have uh, <laughs> really set her faster. Sorry, don't repeat it. Just continue where you were. Don't start over. <laughs> good stuff. Continue along. Again, I don't think the fourth was as good as the third, but certainly enjoyable. So these are all, it's just a solid season all the way through, I think. I'm enjoying it, yeah. I like Sonny. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I probably can't even be objective with Sunny because it's it's got a it's got a nice warm spot in my heart, right next to the right next to Star Wars, which is hard because most of that's stuck with Star Wars, uh, blind nostalgia. Yeah, right. So find fandom mm-hmm. and a little bit of Marvel show. Mm-hmm. But what 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 would a what would a what would a podcast about pop culture with two white guy hosts be without blind nostalgia? Frankly, I don't want I don't want no podcast without it. So, it sounds it's it sounds not as fun. No, just, if I'm being honest, it sounds more nuanced, and I don't like that very much yeah. at all. All right, let's take a take out of that nuance. Poof. Who needs it? Not, not me. Not I. Said the average Twitter user. <laughs> <laughs> too much? Too real? No. Nah. All right. One, well, do Star Wars or Halo first? Well, really, what this is? This is a bit of a a famous segment you might have known or heard for on this show. Bit of first look in the book. Oh, there we go. Hey, we did it. A bit of trailer trash. Trailer, trailer cash. cash. First look in the book. 
So let's talk about Halo. So we we this went is out, the first look. This the is the first look in the book. We're putting it in the book. We're doing it in the book right now. <laughs> it's in the book. The, the book, book that is this podcast. Because as as we all know, every week we transcribe this into book form. And <laughs> and one day, when when I, upon my death, it's in my will to release this book. It is. It's it's written in both of our wills that upon our death, <laughs> our family is to um seek out a vanity publishing firm to self publish the book that is yeah, our tell. podcast and and as many volumes as it will take. I want as, as many. many trees to die as possible. Mm-hmm. The rarer the tree, mm-hmm. the better. They go and they are there to go to a publisher and the publisher say we we could not possibly. This is sell nonsense. This. And, and then our family says, I'm, "I'm to tell you that money is no object." <laughs> We will pay you as much as is required to produce 100,000 copies <laughs> of this book. Of the Akatek. And one to be sent to Brando Sandu himself. <laughs> and so, this is this is another entry of first look in the book for that book. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> God, this is a monument to our insanity. <laughs> so, but real I'm Halo not cutting thing. any of that up, by the way. Halo's, Halo's man, it's, it's Halo time. Everything's coming up Halo lately, huh? Everything's coming up Halo. I'm, I'm, for me personally... I'm, I'm all for it. I love Halo. I like Halo. You think about it? It's kind of a shoe in for me, isn't it? Because it's like... It's like Star Wars, but it's better. It's like Star Wars. Well, no, I don't know. Better. It's different. It's pretty good in its own way. I think we've got unique <laughs> things going on for both. I don't know. This is a thing we need to compare in that kind of manner, Jack? Oh, I do. And I'm editing, so... <sighs> well, so, I just want to preface this by saying, I've been... A, because of Halo Infinite, I've been very excited. I've been a real kick. We'll talk about Halo Infinite probably campaign later on once we both have played play. a good amount or all of it or something. I will say I've been playing a lot of the multiplayer. Very into that. Very good stuff. Um, But just because I've been so excited, I've been listening to do Halo audiobooks the past couple weeks here, Jack. I told you already, but pretend to be excited for the show. <gasps> you did? I, I listened to like five... Oh my gosh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> five Halo audiobooks in the past couple weeks. So. I didn't see this coming. I've really been getting into it. Is that big enough? No, that was good. Thank you. Okay, good, good. good. So I'm, I'm well. I'm steeped in the lore. I'm getting all the lore. I'm getting more lore. My 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 brain's at the brim with Halo lore. I've got more Halo lore in me now than I ever had before. I know it all. Now I don't. No one come for me, please, because there's some. Just like with everything, there's some real nerd. There's some guys who are into Halo as much as I am into Star Wars and more. So they know everything. They know all the planets and the and the, and the everything. So I look love shadows. But I got a good. I got a good amount. Let me say, I've, there's a good amount. It's I've um, I've pushed out some, you know, loved ones' birthdays and things. Oh, they're not important. They'll die some, someday. Anyway. Some Halo is forever. Well, let's let's probably talk about, let's talk about this trailer then. Well, what I was trying to get at with that is that I think some of the, I think this show could touch on some of that kind of, if not literally like direct storylines, the kind of vibe that puts out with the books, which is, and I was telling this to you off show, the books get into more like the, so- the smaller stories, right? Because obviously the games, right? They're telling the biggest like. This is the end of the war. This this is all the coolest, absolute like biggest the best shit parts. The the best parts, right? That's why they made it into the game, right? Mm. They didn't. So you they, feel like a hero. And all they that. didn't. Uh, they didn't save the good parts for the books. They're like, well, we're gonna make our games. You if you want to if you want to write some little some little novels for the big nerds, you can do it. But we gotta we gotta put the good shit in the game. Yeah. So all the guys, all the chads will buy it. Exactly. So um, so the books are like these smaller kind of stories, and I would think, and I I was gonna say. Prior to actually watching this teaser, I had this thought at one point. I was like, I'm going to talk about this on the show. After having read some of these books, I was like, I think it'd be a good idea for the show to do, like, if not literally an anthology, mm-hmm. um, something of a, like having multiple storylines with multiple characters. Don't just make it a, you know, a like, Master Chief like show. A clones, like a Clone Wars kind of thing. Like a Clone Wars kind of thing. And to my pleasant surprise, I would say this teaser seems to suggest that, right? The fact that we have, like, multiple shots of all these different kind of characters, like these kind of hero shots of, like, 
it very it very well could even be stuff that's not in the show, right? Like some of these almost look like this is something that you film for some kind of promotional thing of all these different. You know, it's like their heads in like a background, yeah, so you're exactly. focusing on them. It seems to suggest that there's going to be mul- it's going to be kind of an ensemble cast of multiple kind of storylines going on, which I think is excellent. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you should do for sure. Like I, I I would think so be- because it's it's just like a war thing. Like like you said, the Clone Wars, like that's like a war in thought. Yeah, that's it covers different parts. So you could, I mean, there's tons of stories, just like a a mission. There's yeah. like and you could do like just uh, an episode could just be a mission. Like it, it, there's a lot of like room. You can develop and you can like tie things in. You can make so there's a lot more variety, and I think it's mm-hmm. a higher likelihood that it won't be bad because yeah, they, it won't be like we gotta tell Master Chief's story and we gotta. But right. like, if you have all these other Spartan twos, you can focus on yeah, you can, yeah, you can exactly. expand the world a little bit more. And I hadn't even thought of it from I hadn't even made that connection, but yeah, Clone Wars is obviously a really good kind of parallel there that you could certainly do. Yeah, multiple storylines, multiple characters doing their own things, and because. One, like we have, we know a lot of what Master Chief's story is. If, you know, if you're into the games and you've read some of the stuff and you, you know, played all the games, like we know what Master Chief does, right? You don't need to do a whole show to devote like 24 7 to Master Chief. And the other side of it is like Master Chief works better, I think, in small doses. You can't do a narrative show based around him because his whole thing is that he's like this stoic, mostly silent badass. Kind of right? like Lan. Sure. Mark Lan. Like anyone. Like, and because he's the player character in the game, right? The idea is like you want him to be as blank as possible, kind of, so that, you know, the player can put their own, as much of their own whatever onto him as, as they want. So, yeah, building a show around him is, is not necessarily what you'd want to do. And like a lot of the Halo. The expanded sort of material does does just that, right? They focus on characters who are not Master Chief. Um, of these books that I've been reading here, of the five, three of them are not really Master Chief centric at all. Um, two of them don't even have Master Chief in them. So, like, I think it makes sense. And like the the Halo Legends, which is like an anime anthology that they did, mm, right? Those do not all, but one of those do not have Master Chief in them. Which I think again is the same kind of thing. Um, Halo Ford Unto Dawn, which was the sort of movie live action series thing weird you know thing that they did to tie into halo 4 that has master chief in it as like a you know supporting role he's not the main character that i think that's i think that's how you use master chief basically right yeah, yeah and that just side note i think is really good like that Ford unto dawn thing and this is giving me similar vibes in a good way from the um like a big thing right i i love all the designs right in that they seem to have just taken them from the games right yeah We've talked about this before when we're talking about adapting video games to, like, screen, right? Is video games are a visual medium, right? It's not like adapting a book or a, really mostly a book, <laughs> I don't know what else I was going to say, because, or, but even kind of comics, right? Oh, like a play? Sure, <laughs> a play. Um, not to go but on. when you adapt a book or, like, uh, when you adapt a book, you kind of have to, you know, really invent the visual language that you want to tell the story in, right? And when you adapt a comic, it's kind of an adaptation, right? You can't transfer comic directly because comics are this fantastical art style that doesn't really translate to actual real world, right? Right, yeah. The thing about video games is that they often are going for a realistic art style, right? And Halo Halo certainly is, right? Halo is going for this gritty, militaristic, like this rugged, you know, um, sort of design language where you don't need to reinvent that to make it into a movie or a TV show like this, right? So I'm glad to see that they are just taking it over they're just bringing it in and um I've, we've talked about this before again with with the video game thing is this seems like it sh- could and should be one of the shows where this is a show that is canon within the universe of the games like within the same continuity right right yeah. with some maybe some reservations or maybe we'll just do it right now so as much as i enjoyed this this little first look because of all the reasons and there's one thing jack 
and is bothered. So that's a shot we see about halfway through the trailer there, where the, we see three Spartan twos, right? And we, you and I, we sat here and we we psychoanalyzed this. We we zoomed and enhanced. We went frame by frame. We went frame by frame, and we found it's very quickly when you're watching it in you know normal speed, but. You do get individual shots of two of them so that you can see their numbers. So I got out their numbers and I said, who were these Spartans? Because I didn't, you know, I thought maybe these were, you know, characters from uh, the books. They're not, Jack. They've introduced new Spartans, which first I was like, that's fine. I don't mind. Like, that's cool. That's interesting. Again, get new characters. I think that's good. But it turns out that these new Spartans are Master Chief's team in this show. Um, You have, let me, I don't have their names. So I'll bring them back up again. I think it was Kai, right? Who yeah, is, that was 125, I think. Yeah, so you have Spartan... No, I think that was Spartan 134. Oh, no, yeah, you, you're right. So Spartan 125 is Kai, who it, they have said um, is going to be Master Chief's, like, second-in-command. Well, what they said was his deputy. That's a silly thing to say. Deputize. <laughs> um, and then the other one that we saw the number on was Spartan 134, who's Vanek, who is a female Spartan, who is like, the sniper, it seems, of their team. Right, yeah. And now, Jack... I don't know how how familiar you are with the lore, but to me, as a newly christened um, Halo book reader, I was a little perturbed, Jack, because I'm sitting here thinking, and and not to be that guy, because we've talked, I've I've brought I've said this famously. I'm the guy who who has mixed feelings about adaptations. That's me. Right. I've got course. this little badge. Oh yeah, it's right there. <laughs> um, so shiny. I understand doing something different. I've said, as I've said many times, it's really kind of a balance because you want to you want to justify your existence, but you also don't want to depart so thoroughly from the source material that you think why. And to me, this is not a good example of this because they have introduced new characters who seem functionally identical to existing characters. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. This is my problem: is that when I saw him, I literally said out loud, "I was like, is that Fred and Kelly and Linda?" And it's not. But then looking into it. These are characters who functionally are going to assume those roles, right? You you have the dude who's Master Chief's second in command. That's your Fred, right? You have the female sniper. That's your Linda, right? Like that sort of thing. Is that it's like one of it's and they're they're blue team in the comics. That's his thing. Like Master Chief's, you know, his specific like squad is blue team. So I don't know why we're introducing new characters. I, I guess so they're not constrained by like the existing lore, maybe, but it doesn't make sense because there should be. Again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, fully an expert or anything on Halo, but from what I can tell, the, impl- the implications that I've seemed to have is that he's always with them, right? There was never a period of time where Master Chief wasn't with Blue Team, so it's weird that there's, like, these other three Spartans that we've never heard of that he's going to be hanging out with for the duration of this show. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it will be re- resolve itself, you know. We'll just change their names. We're obviously very early on, so, like, I don't know. Maybe this is its own continuity, which I would personally... Not enjoy. Mm. I could kind of see it going both ways because if this show potentially is successful enough that it can l- run long enough that you're going to want to eventually edge into the events of the games, you wouldn't want to. I-, I could understand like that puts you in a difficult spot because you don't want to shot for shot, you know, remake everything, remake the game. So like, if you want, I don't know, it's tough because on the one hand, again, it seems like they are being very faithful. They're they're bringing the designs over very faithfully. I think Master Chief looks great. I've saw I some, agree. I saw some people. um have complaints a little about about his helmet. I, I kind of see like it's not an exact copy, but I don't know. To me, it's close enough that I certainly couldn't. I didn't have anything to pick apart about it. So I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's we're still very early, so I guess I, we should reserve the judgment uh, for the most part. But just the first look, just some things to think about for me personally. I don't know. We'll we'll see how she plays out. But that to me is weird, and it and it could be it could be me overanalyzing, or it could be indicative of of a weird 
philosophy that they have around this show in general. So I guess it remains to be seen. I don't know. I've done a lot of talking here, Jack. What do you have to say about Halo? Uh, I enjoy. I played. Uh, played all the games, <laughs> except for actually, I haven't played five. Mm. I've not. That's the one I haven't played. I like the campaign four. I didn't play Halo two campaigns very much, but I played a little bit of it. I like all the games. I think they're very good. The multiplayer is very fun. I know bits and pieces about the lore. Mm-hmm. I haven't read any really any of the books. Um, the show again. I don't know why they're making a Halo show, but at least it looks like they're trying. I mean, know? if we. If we do, if they do what we've been saying here, and they they do it with a bunch of new characters and new stories, I think it could be, I think it could be, very, I think that could be very like worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. I from, this first off definitely makes me more confident in it because it seems like, oh, uh, yeah, it seems like they're doing like an anthology kind of thing, not just focusing on like here's Master Chief's story you never knew because I hate that kind of shit. You know? Yeah, that kind of like weird, like you said, like Master Chief. He becomes a player character, and he's like a stoic badass. He's the he's the Calvary. He's the one they call in when there's all hope is lost, kind of thing. So he can't mm-hmm. can't really be like, man, I have all these emotional issues I got to work yeah. through. Like he's kind of kind of be a blank slate. He he works better as a larger than life character than he does as a protagonist, who you need to be a very human, yeah. like fleshed out, real, like deep person. It's better when you're playing out his like exploits mm-hmm. that will like be like he actually Master Chief is like the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was a pretty good first look. I think the thing that we both did say that the, the sort of the the one glaring sort of omission is you see like nothing of the covenant other than there is that one shot of high charity, right? Yes. But beyond that, we don't we don't see any like we don't see any of the aliens specifically. We don't see any smaller scale stuff of like their ships, their technology, their anything. So I don't know. I actually thought it would be very cool if. Because, again, it does seem like they're actually going the route of having multiple kind of storylines and characters going around. I thought it would be cool if there was a Covenant storyline of some kind that, like, we had, like, a essentially a protagonist who was, like, somewhat likable and, and that we could, you know, root for to a degree who was in the Covenant. Because that's, you know, that's interesting, right? Have another side of the yeah, story. Yeah. Because, like, and that's a thing they have done more recently in the book. The first couple books they didn't, but then as, as the story kind of expanded, and obviously after Halo 2, the, some of the Covenant, right, they, they take kind of more, like, ally sort of role, so it would make sense to have them as such. So it, I think it'd be cool to see, like, a. It, you probably have to do an elite, right? I mean, no one wants to see the story of a grunt or Not a jackal. Not all the, the worst. <laughs> and the brutes are just mean, gross mm. gorilla men, so you'd, it'd probably be, it would probably would just be an elite. Like when I say we should have a covenant story, I guess I mean we should have an elite one. But right, right. I think that I think that has potential. I guess it'd be harder because if you have an elite um, doing a covenant storyline, that's gonna be right in all likelihood a CGI character surrounded by CGI characters. So whereas like Master Chief is presumably they built a real kind of suit for him and everything to be wearing, right? Like and a then Mandalorian kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then he's interacting with other people and whatnot. Whereas, yeah. If you if you have a covenant storyline that takes place on a covenant ship, yeah, covenant with all world. the covenant, um, that's that's just nothing but CGI. <laughs> but a bunch of guys on a blue screen wearing yeah. dots and tennis balls. So I, I see how that could like maybe production wise not be feasible, but so, it's coming to Paramount Plus. So trailer trash. Trailer, let's check. Trailer cash of this. Man, the cash. Money shot of Master Chief just looked really good. Yeah, yeah, again, just aesthetically, the pelicans, the ships, the guns. It looks it looks like Halo, which. Maybe some people again. Uh, it's that balance of like maybe it's like well why don't why don't why wouldn't you spice it up? Why don't you do something a little different for the show? But again, to me, Halo is such a good looking universe as is. Again, they have such a cool like iconic aesthetic at this point, right? Halo is like one of the most iconic video game franchises of all time at this point. I would say, right? It's up there. Just 
just maintain it, right? You don't need to reinvent the wheel with Halo. Yeah. It's, Again, Halo sold itself. It's all yeah, the armor, the weapons, the, the ships, the vehicles. It's all so iconic at this point. Carried over. So, and because we don't get any, you know, any plot, anything in this, obviously, uh, the the excitement comes from the visuals. So, trailer trash. No, sorry, trailer cash for the vis- visuals. Trailer trash. Weird little boy in there. Why is the boy in there? I was gonna say trailer trash. Still no Cortana. Still no Cortana. Where is Where's she? my AI GF? Where is she? Where's my robot GF? Where's she? Where's go? my blue AI GF? Give her to me. I've been, uh, I watched your trailer. Now give it to me. <laughs> Chief needs his AI GF. Okay. All right. So. Let's move on to our second first look in the book, or trailer. Is it a first look? Does it count? I think it's more of a trailer. See what it says. See what it says on YouTube. Jamie, pull that up. It's a cinematic reveal trailer. That's a trailer. This is a trailer trash. Trailer official. Official trailer trash. Trailer cash for Star Wars Eclipse. Ooh wee. Ooh wee. This is a banger, dude. Trailer looked great. This is a banger of a trailer for a thing I didn't know existed. Well, no one did. That's the surprise. That's the reveal, isn't it? Yeah, the real the Game Awards 2021. This is exciting, man. Um. If it comes well, out. Well, yeah, we got to temper it a little because it's, it's if at, at best, it's years away from <laughs> coming out, probably. Yeah, but, um, they're not going to, they're probably going to do KOTOR. Yeah, come out till okay, yeah. So let's do that, Jack. Perfect segue. Glad you brought that up. God, I'm so, so good at Let's talk about the Star Wars games that are going, right? So, right now, um, the Star Wars games that we know of, now that, uh, EI, EA has lost the exclusive license, which. It's still a bizarre decision. Why on earth did they ever do that? Seriously. But now that they've lost that and, and other people can start making Star Wars games, we have this. We have... We knew about the Ubisoft open world game, which I think is exciting. Um, I know people have like complaints with Ubisoft that they kind of make kind of generic, like simple. Like they don't... I guess the thing about Ubisoft is that their games very rarely reinvent the wheel, but I think they're really good at what they do, right? They like... They invented the, the sort of open world as we know it, which I understand like in recent years has become kind of overdone but right yeah i don't know man i think gives props to him so i'm excited about that one if no one else is um we have star wars hunters which is like a mobile game so that's whatever we have lego star wars the skywalker saga which comes out next year that has been delayed like a billion times we have the kotor remake and we have um the as of yet unnamed um fallen order sequel so and and nothing past um nothing other than the skywalker saga i should say has any kind of release date which is again even that's kind of sketchy because they've delayed it like three times and they just are in the general early 2022 window right now yeah which is on one and on in one sense that's a much better state than we were like a couple years ago for star wars games in another sense pretty freaking lame man (laughs) um (laughs) there's a period where there was like many star wars games every year um i saw yeah i was reading an article about it that there was since the 80s there's been like 150 star wars games and like in the past 10 years, there's been, like, three. <laughs> so, Jeez. wow, it really dropped off. I mean, I just, I made that number up just now, but it's got to oh. be close to it. <laughs> yeah. It's, the past five years, that there's been, like, one, so or two, so, like, but, yeah, so this is a new kind of one, which, this is just dis- totally distinct from those other, all those other games I just said, right? Because this is by Quantic Dream, right? And assuming it's in the same vein of their other games, it's going to be a very, very story-heavy like cinematic kind of experience basically people often you know call those games playable movies Movies, right um which i think works for star wars because star wars famously began as movies yeah i don't know little known facts (laughs) they were movies first (laughs) a little went on 80s movies in in the 70s movies yeah so people have like well there's all i mean there's like real world like things about quantic dream which i don't i don't really know about so we won't speak too much on but right 
as far as the games themselves, people have complaints, which I think are kind of valid, is that they are too much of that, right? And so, in some ways, they kind of fall short on both counts, right? Because when you have a game with almost no gameplay that's like a movie, it's not excellent as a game, is it, right? That's not a very fulfilling, you know, video game experience. Not at all. But at the same time, you take this, like, really good narrative and you force, like... (laughs) dumb little interactive sections into it you almost detract from the cinematic nature of it and so you in some in some ways end up with a uh a thing that is lesser than either of its you know sort of derivatives yeah, lesser but, than the sum of its parts um but they overall have a positive reputation i would say right that the most recent one is the detroit um become human one which um other than like it's got some it, story-wise it's got some like you know shortcomings and like it's a bit heavy-handed with some of its messaging, I would say, and it does. It's like it's like a sci-fi thing that doesn't really want to be a sci-fi thing. Like they present it as like a this is you know it's about AI and it's about this, but like really it's kind of just a heavy-handed like metaphor for like real-world racism, which is fine. But it's almost like you could have done like a deep sort of you know philosophical story about actually doing it about AI and stuff. Instead, you just kind of leaned on the other thing. I don't know. It's whatever. I've not played it. I've just watched Let's Play. So I haven't played or watched Let's Plays. I'm not an authority, but um, the other ones, the you know your Heavy Rains, your they've only done five games, by the way. So like, they don't have a massive library. But Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, I I brought it up before. I don't think I have it up here. But the other two games they did, whatever. Oh, here it is. Uh, it was Nomad Soul in '99, Fahrenheit in 2005, Heavy Rain in 2010, Beyond Two Souls 2013, and Try to Become Human in 2018. Um, the thing about that that's kind of curious to me is it makes me wonder if they've been working on this for some amount of time. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If their last game was 2018, have they been worked on it since then? This is the reveal trailer. Um, the website for it says that it's still in very, like, early development, so I don't know what that means. There's not even, like, a hint of a release window yet, so I don't know. But this trailer, man, it looks really good. Oh, yeah. Again, just from a visual perspective, because, again... Just like the Halo one, there's not any sort of any sort of plot of anything. Like it just looks really clean. It looks almost like live action. It like, really and, does. It's very intense. Like when the sun affects and mm-hmm. like reflecting in the person's eye in the beginning of the trailer, that looks really good. The flying through space looks really, really good. Yeah. I yeah. hope I hope there's like those kind of sections that'd be really interesting. Yeah. And like again, whatever else you say about become human there, that began that game looks very good. And and we were we were talking about this. Like that's from that's three years old now. And that game, in some sections, looks very, like, almost photorealistic, right? So this game, which could very well be another two or more years away from release, so it'll be coming on a next-gen console and everything, it could look really, really good. Again, like, it, I obviously, you know, the trailers don't reflect the in-game graphics, no, right? No. But, man, it's pretty good. Looks pretty good. If it looks, if it looks close to as good as it looks in this trailer, that would be very nice. I like that there was a yellow lightsaber. That's fun. It was yeah, like a lots of handle too. Yeah. So okay, this is the thing, Jack. So uh, there's a there's a non-zero chance that that could be Dooku. I thought Dooku didn't have it. Did he have a yellow lightsaber in the canon? I thought he had. Like, a I thought he had blue. I believe he had a blue one, but it's kind of one of those. It's, it's pretty. You know, that's a pretty minor thing to to it's overwrite. I would say. Yeah. And Yoda, I mean, you see Yoda. Yeah, obviously Yoda's around. Okay, so let's let's talk about that, Jack. So again, we don't get any, we don't get much story of anything in this, but we know um, from revealing stuff that this takes place in the High Republic era, right? right? Yeah. Which is an era that you would not be super familiar with as 
you don't that it's an it's an era that has so far you know been entirely just an expanded material right in books comics there's just books and comics really um and this game has been rumored for a while actually that there's going to be a new a higher public game which was kind of like man really they're doing a well, video game for it um which i think is cool because it it kind of it kind of harkens back to me to like the simpler days of star wars before they were doing movies again of like these multimedia sort of projects which is cool so um yeah there's this and and the star wars acolyte show which comes out next year or the year following or is never also, or maybe never no there's actually casting news for that this week so hopefully that's a good sign but that also is higher public era um so it's really cool they're really fleshing it out it's the, those books um to you know the people who read star wars books are very popular um it's it's really interesting era they're doing a lot of really cool stuff with it it's basically the, the idea behind it, for people who aren't familiar, is that it's meant to be the peak of the Republic, right? The Republic that we see in, like, the prequels, for example, right, is corrupt and, like, rotting and, and failing from the inside out. Even if it doesn't, you know, seem that way on the outside, that's kind of the idea, right? That's, like, a lot of the themes of the, you know, of the prequels is that, right? That the Republic is failing as a government, that the Jedi are failing as an institution, that there's, like, a lot of... Palpatine to rise. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of like, you know, failing below, but you know, beneath the surface. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the higher public was before it got that bad, and it was the peak of the Jedi, it was the peak of the galaxy. It was, it was like, it was just sweet. They looked really cool. The designs we don't see much of it, but the designs for the Jedi and the higher public are mint. Chef's kiss, man. There's all kind of like these like very ornate and if anything they almost look too flashy for jedi because you'd, you'd think they'd be more humble but i don't even care it's all these whites and like these gold accents and their lightsabers all look super cool and like you said there's lots more yellows and um colors hope there's an orange yeah i think there's oranges there's purples maybe i don't know Ooh, there's, there's all kind of colors i love a purple beyond just your oh if you could do, what if you get a dual purple you know it'd be sick that would be neat so yeah i don't know it's cool it's basically so the the era of the higher public is like the period of like about 500 years up until like 50 years prior to the prequels. Mm. Um, so the tail end of that is such that a young Count Dooku could appear, I think, basically, is, is the logic. So people people have been speculating that that could literally be Count Dooku before he was. That'd Count be cool. That'd be cool to play as Count Dooku, like good yeah. Count Dooku and get uh-huh. corrupted and go yeah. there. Yeah, so that's the other thing is like the Quantic Dreams games are always um, multi. Multiple protagonists, or er, multiple perspectives. All, I, I guess I shouldn't say that, but the most recent one certainly was, and they've said that this one will be mm. uh, multiple playable characters. So, I think I don't know. Do you think they're in this? I think they are, but it's kind of it's not super clear who they might be. I don't know if not. You know, no one really gets enough focus that you're like, well, that's the. Game. I think mm-hmm. it's probably one of the two people in that scene where they turn their lightsabers. You see, possibly Dooku's lightsaber. Where they're do? Oh, what about the one where they're fighting? That oh yeah, I forgot about that. That might be one of them as well. I would I would think so, right? Yeah. Do you think I, it's the weird Voldemort guy? <laughs> I think it's the guy in the mud in the end of this trailer. I think he's a villain, right? Yeah, he might be the villain. I don't know people think he's Palpatine or something or Plague. Okay, so that's an, that's interesting. Let's let's talk about that. So there should be no Sith in this, right? Right, because the Sith are gone. The Sith are presumed gone at this period, right? They exist. Like there's two of them in this time period. It should be Plagueis. And- it should be Plagueis and Palpatine. I or, well, uh, I suppose it depends where this. It's either. If it's towards the very end, well, I guess it depends how old Palpatine is. Palpatine might not even be in play yet. So it, maybe it's Plagueis and his master, or who is, in, I don't know if he's been established in canon, but in Legends, his master is called Tenebris. 
So it could be Plagueis and Tenebris. It could be Tenebris and his master. It could, you know, if it's, you know, the beginning of the High ago. Republic. Yeah, it could be whatever. But the point is that they're underground at this period and no one knows they exist. So they can't be outwardly having lightsaber fights necessarily, unfortunately. So, you know, the villain is seemingly this goopy guy who is a different thing. Um, right, which is yeah. fun. Um, it's the same with Acolyte. Like, you know, there's a lot of speculation. Like, what is that show going to be about? Because you can't really have an outward Sith kind of thing. And obviously the title kind of suggests that it should be. But um, I liked the Trade Federation ships. Oh, it's playing. We don't need to hear the audio of it. No, but the not. Trade Federation ships are really cool. Um, I, I, I don't know. Again, it depends how close we are. But to me, it was a little kind of weird at first. I was like, oh. It's just the ships from episode one. Yeah. Like, that doesn't scream different era to me, right? When it they're screams. like, this is, a, this is a different era of Star Wars. Just having a Phantom Menace ship show yeah, up. I don't know. But at the same time, the Star Wars movie was like, oh, what's the ships? It's a Luke Hulk class battleship. Oh! So, Those are words I know. Yeah, that's what it is. We saw a Nemoidian. Was you? One of the gross Newt Gunray dudes. One of the evil Trade Federation guys being all slimy. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was Newt Gunray. But depending on when it is, it's hard to say. They all what look are you the saying, same. Jack? Are you telling me that you think all Nemodians look the same? Yes. Wow, Jack. Wow. To think I I started a podcast with you. Again, it's just visuals. I mean, that's all it is. Like, I even made the joke to you off show that like this feels almost as if they like made it to sell, yeah, just to sell Disney the and the world on their game. That like maybe they were like, hey Disney, can we make a game? And they're like, I don't know. And then they made this. And I'm like, well, this does look pretty cool. I guess you can start if everyone likes it. Because again, when this suggests a level of polish that I do not think is on the, onto the game yet. Again, everything says that this game is actually in <laughs> early development. So it kind of seems like what probably happened here is they spent a good amount of money making this. Right? This is not reflective of any work they've done yet. It's reflective of work they want to do <laughs> yeah which is kind of it's like a proof of concept exactly it kind of feels like a proof of concept almost so you know that's kind of distressing in the sense of like this is very much years away from being done I, it feels and that gives a lot of wiggle room for <laughs> bad things to happen a lot of error <sighs> it's rough man i don't know i, I hope this is not a, a, a yet another star wars thing that falls by the wayside Okay, do you think so? We're, we're we're watching the trailer right now in the background here. I think this Duros guy here could be one of them. They the camera focused on him for a minute here, so I think yeah, he could be one of the yeah I think characters. So. Um, it's very possible to trust him. Yeah, I don't know. Star Wars games have almost as um, uncertain of a history as anything else. Star Wars nowadays, <laughs> which is like there's that Star Wars thirteen thirteen game. I don't know if you remember that. No, nope. that, that famously was canceled when the. Uh, when the acquisition happened, there was the Star Wars Darth Maul game that was canceled uh, for the same reason. And so, yeah, I don't know. Let's hope not. Let's hope this goes through because it again, it just looks sweet, man. Gotta hope and pray. And um, we we talked about this as we as we're watching it off the show here. But you you claim to not be a big story guy in video games at all, so I, I guess not. it'll be a bit of a sticking point for us. Um, I guess whenever when or if this ever comes out, we're still doing this. But I think I would enjoy that just fine. I I don't. I mean, it's Star Wars, right? So I think I'd be perfectly just per- pro- perfectly okay with you're been programmed to love it. Well, yeah, <laughs> with playing a Star Wars movie, essentially, even if it is minimal interaction, I I would probably just enjoy the visuals and, and the story and the just getting into it. So mm. I don't know. It's good stuff, man. I mean, it's just real solid. So it's, it's probably well. One last, the, just the very last thing I'll say. I it better not be a PlayStation exclusive, bro. 
Oh god, that'll be horrible. Actually, uh, I think they actually not. I mentioned. I think they've already said it won't be, but it's because <laughs> the reason that I'd be even more skeptical of that or, or worried about that rather. One, the fact that they made Kotor for no reason a place exclusive. Two, I think the last two or three games that Quantic Dreams have done have been exclusive. PlayStation exclusive. So like, if they did two of the <laughs> again, two of the like already slim <laughs> selection of Star Wars games, they made a. Well, be on PlayStation one exclusive for this generation. Pretty terrible. It would, um, you know, I don't know. It'd give me pause, Jack. It might, might make me not buy a PlayStation, but really want to. <laughs> <laughs> Out of principle, I wouldn't. Of I course. Could, but I'd want to. You'd really want to. So let's hope they don't. I hope so. So let's do a, what do you think was trailer cash about it? Again, just straight visuals. I don't know. I have to agree. It just looked really pretty. We, pretty we, we remarked it again as we were watching it before the show that like, they put a lot of effort in this. They really, they're. I mean, as good as the game, very well could look. Again, even if you take like Detroit Become Human and you say, all right, you give it even you know a more powerful console and you give it three years of you know development of time, further time. I'm sure to look. It could. It has the potential to look really, really good. It's not gonna look as good as this trailer though. Like this, they just went above and beyond. We were marked on like the. You can see the muscles in the drummer's backs like rippling. It's it's absurd. What's with these drummers? I don't know. I don't know. I don't recognize them. I I did a quick cursory search because I was like, are those the Zepho? They're not the Zepho. So that's you know we all know this. You know, we all know the Zepho. We all know the Zepho. That's not them. So I don't know. I don't know what they're about. I don't know what their thing is. So trailer trash or tra- oh gosh, I keep messing up. It's trailer cash. Straight for the just straight for the all pretty right. pretty pictures. Pretty 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 pictures. Literally, there's like a section on the website just like. Here's a bunch of stills from this trailer to be backgrounds for your phone, because <laughs> it's just that's all this is. It's just, right, yeah. it's just a sequence of of very pretty shots. What about the trailer trash though? Well, I mean, there's no gray Jedi in it, is there? So I was gonna say that. <laughs> I literally was gonna say that. No, I don't there's know. There's no, no there's no lightsaber fights, Jack, between a Sith and a and a Jedi. And between Jedi, man. Frankly, how am I to enjoy any Star kind of Wars Star Wars Robert. media if it's not just nothing but nonstop laser yeah, I don't, fights? Again, I don't care about nuance. I just want mm-hmm. lightsaber fights. As any self-respecting individual of course. would say. All right, well, now we've finished our Warped segment, we probably could wrap it up right here. Oops, Jack, I must insist that we not do that, because I have a special segment. A special surprise segment? A surprise segment, you ready? I did not know about this. I... This better be worth it. Oh, I love being unhappy. All right, here it is. A special holiday time treat for you, Jack, and for you, the listeners at home. We're going to open my 12th day of my Lego Marvel Advent calendar. That's the surprise segment? That's the surprise segment. Aren't you excited? I'm not happy. You're right. I wouldn't. I'm not happy. I have. I mean, now, Jack, would it make you happier if we took a fine selection from the Star Wars or Harry Potter Advent calendar? Uh, No. I thought Marvel was probably the most most appropriate for our show, perhaps. More of of our bread and butter here. Are you ready? You ready? You excited? Could I get a drum roll, maybe? What is it? It's a tiny little Squab model. Shido. <laughs> oh my god! It's a tiny little model of the helicarrier, Jack. A little brick-built Lego hel- helicarrier for for day twelve of Advent. This Are you excited? It's just short enough that I can cut it, and no one will know. Oh jeez! <laughs> Not leave it in. Was that worth it, Jack? Not was, at that all. A, was that a delightful Christmas treat for you? No, man. Well, I try. I, I try, man. I'm proud of you for trying. Oh, thanks, Jack. So we're about to end this episode right about here. <laughs> Uh, as always, uh, thanks for listening, even though despite our surprise segments. As always, you can listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Amazon slash Audible, and Google Play. You can find us on Twitter at Akatech Jazz, that's J-A-Z, and Akatechjazz at gmail.com. And email us any suggestions or questions or comments. Read them on the show. As always, our logo was done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram and at Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Second night to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.